What? This is supposed to be half an hour, right? It's 3.15? <laughs> I was just going to say that. You beat me to it. I was going to say, it's like I was looking at my time. I'm like, have I been recording for two and a half hours? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so this will be a extra bonus size uh, podcast episode. Which I was is... going to say, I was like, are you editing out parts of the conversation or are you just going to have a really long podcast? It, it's just going to be long. I, you know, it's I. For when you're, it's for when you're stuck on I-5 near the viaduct. Exactly. <laughs> Well, it's yeah. I mean, it's gonna happen. I mean, via doom is is upon exactly. us. So we'll uh, we'll right. see how that goes. <laughs> Mike Cyber Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only, and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and write into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. And the spelling on that, by the by, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T, just like it sounds. Uh, This is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. And my guests this week are Ben and Liz from Cybefest Northwest. They will be joining me shortly, and we're talking Transformers. We'll discuss not just the upcoming Cybefest later in July, but also how you can catch a sneak preview, win some great raffle prizes, and learn more during the Kick Off the Cons event happening this weekend. Plus, we'll talk about Transformers fandom, uh, diversity and inclusion in the media, and some more reactions and spoiler-free hot takes on the Bumblebee movie. It's uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. All of that and more on this all-new episode of Mike Seibert Radio. But first, let's kick things off with some shout-outs. Shout it, shout it, shout it out So I came home from work Sunday afternoon and on the counter was not just one, but two different packages for me that I'd like to talk about for a minute. Now, I I know uh, mail doesn't come on Sunday, though I I didn't quite figure that one out. I got home uh, Sunday afternoon. I was like, hey, there's there's mail here. I thought, well, maybe this had to do with like the government shutdown or something like that. No, uh, we uh, we just didn't grab the mail on Saturday. And uh, and that was a Saturday. Saturday's mail. I'm I'm already getting far afield. Uh, but uh, uh, the first package I wanted to talk about uh, is an envelope emblazoned with the seal of Nerd Rock Super Duo Megathruster. It's a it's a lovely thank you card uh, from the band and from artist Rebecca Hicks uh, to the backers of the successful Kickstarter uh, for the upcoming Weird Al Rules music video. Um, you could see all of this in the podcast cover photo, uh, but the front of the card is a, is a really cool illustration of a cassette tape uh, with the title Thank You Mix uh, with 
uh, with the Mega Thruster logo and icon, uh, kind of looking like it, it belongs in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, uh, but then you open it up, and inside a side uh, from the uh, uh, hand-signed inscriptions, uh, those great stickers uh, that were designed and uh, printed out by Rebecca Hicks spill out uh, with uh, all kinds of awesome, empowering messages like, you know, uh, dare to be nerdy, uh, bullies have no power here, and of course, my favorite kindness is metal uh all being themes of course within the song weird al rules now um one of the other rewards i got for pledging at the level that i did was a uh, a digital copy of mega thrusters album wands at the ready uh which does include the anti-bullying anthem weird al rules on which the upcoming music video is based however here's the deal i have the album already uh i have have a physical CD and I have a digital copy as well. So I don't necessarily need the download that I received as a uh, reward for backing the Kickstarter for, uh, for Weird Al Rules. So here's what I would like to do. Now, uh, just as Chris mentioned in his update email uh, to all of the Kickstarter backers, I would like to pass it along to a friend and help spread that mega thruster love. So here's how it works. It's very, very simple. All you got to do is message me. Message me and tell me that you want it. That's it. Hit me up at Mike Seibert Radio. You can message me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. All of those at Mike Seibert Radio. Or you can send me an email, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com, and include in there that you heard me mention it on the podcast and that you would like the digital copy of Wands at the Ready from Megathruster. Now, before next Thursday's episode dropping on January 25th, that's going to be episode number 196, I will select a winner by random draw. Uh, basically what I'll do is as I get all of those messages in, I will assign each person a number. I'll put it into a random number generator. That way it's, uh, it's all, uh, on the up and up and fair. And I will announce the winner and you'll get to hear your name during the shout out segment. And you will receive a digital download code for wands at the ready, the latest full length album by mega thruster. Uh, so check out their stuff at megathruster.com or wherever you download your music. There's also a link in the show notes for their website as well as the interview that I did with uh, Chris Waffle from the band as well as artist Rebecca Hicks talking uh, more about it. I mean, the interview was uh, meant to promote the Kickstarter uh, which has since ended successfully for uh, the Weird Al Rules music video, uh, but there's still a lot of great information there. It talks more about the project and uh, how uh, why it's going to be so fun and so exciting so that will also uh, be in the show notes as well the other package I received over the weekend was from my good friend Michael Geisler, a.k.a. Bytor, uh, from Albuquerque, New Mexico. He uh, he sent me a sick t-shirt uh, emblazoned with his distinctive skull icon as a gift from his online shop, uh, ByTorMusic.com. Uh, that's the website for his new solo project, Bytor. Again, that's uh, that's spelled B-Y-T-O-R. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole history 
history there. Uh, but uh, on that website, bytormusic.com, uh, there's links to tons of music, including his uh, last couple albums with both Flicker and Fade and These Young Fools, uh, plus several all-new instrumental tracks, uh, which are really great, uh, very atmospheric. It's uh, it's atmospheric hard rock that that's really very catchy so like if uh if you had like a rush itch that needed to get scratched uh maybe some dream theater you know i mean kind of like a darkly melodic ambient hard rock then uh then by tour is exactly what you're looking for um um you can also watch the becoming by tour docuseries on that website it chronicles michael's music journey from albuquerque to seattle and then back again um it's uh it's really well made and I was really glad to uh, be part of it and kind of have a role uh, myself um, I I did uh, some uh, video segments uh, for various parts of the documentary that kind of got interspersed throughout just uh, just kind of talking about my experience uh, uh, working with Michael and getting to know his music and uh, just talking about how excited I am uh, for this uh, this new era of his sound which uh, uh, which again I'm I'm a huge fan of and and again if uh, if you're um, into that style of music um, I, I think you'll really really enjoy it um, again that's uh, by tour music dot com and uh, stay tuned uh, for future episodes for updates uh, you might be hearing some more of uh, Michael's music and more of by tour in uh, upcoming episodes but I don't want to spoil uh, too much of Coming up next, it's my interview with Liz and Ben from Sidefest Northwest. We're talking Transformers, Kick Off the Cons, and more. You are listening to Mike Seibert Radio, and this is a sample of Clone Wars, the latest from Bytor, and you can download this song and others for free right now at his website, bytormusic.com. We'll be right back with Ben and Liz.
Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and joining me on the phone right now are two of the many awesome folks involved with Cybefest Northwest. Uh, it's the unofficial Transformers convention for the fans, by the fans from right here in the Pacific Northwest. And we're talking about a great event happening this weekend uh, where you can learn even more about the Cybertronian Festival. Liz and Ben, thank you for joining me today. How uh, how you doing? Pretty good. Doing great. Thanks for having us. Oh, you're welcome. Now, uh, Ben, we, uh, you and I talked last year uh, prior to uh, CybeFest uh, 2018. I think that was the uh, fifth iteration of that, if I remember correctly. Yes, that was our fifth anniversary, yeah. Very cool. So welcome back to the show. And, of course, uh, Liz, welcome for uh, uh, joining us for the first time here. Thank you. I'm excited. All right. So um, before we get too terribly far, because we we've got a we've got a couple few things to come uh, and talk about. Uh, we've uh, got a date announcement for Cybefest Northwest. Uh, we've got you know kickoff to the cons, and then uh, some other stuff that we'll throw in there as a bonus. But before we get to any of that, uh, could you introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourself? All right, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, my name's Liz. I am new to organizing CybeFest this year, but I have been attending every year that it's happened. Uh, I have never been to CybeCon. Uh, I moved to Washington uh, in 2013, uh, so CybeFest was kind of the first place I got involved. Uh, I'm a cosplayer, and I'm a little more connected to the art side of the community. And uh, I'm Ben. I'm the, uh, I guess, the long, long-running CybeCon. Uh, Con or Cybefest, that other convention, <laughs> and uh, I, I come from the the toy and uh, animation side of things. I have a great appreciation for the art, but now that you know we brought on Liz, she's she's our our link to that, which has been instrumental in, in moving us forward this year and and really uh, inspiring and rejuvenating our, our our excitement for the show. So. Awesome! Very cool. Th- this is going to be a lot of fun. You know, like uh, we've been we've been corresponding on Facebook and and you know, kind of offline. Um, you know, just uh, just feeling the excitement for uh, Cybefest Northwest uh, 2019. That uh, that date has been announced. It is uh, Saturday, July 27th, uh, go- uh, starting at 11 a.m. goes to five. That is going to be at the Kent Commons Community Center uh, there in Kent. And uh, but before uh, we get there, because we know July is quite a ways away, but uh, we wanted yep. to get out. Uh, we wanted to get out the word uh, sooner than later, and that's why I had you guys on the on the show here. Uh, there's a, there's another really cool event happening this weekend where folks uh, can learn even more about Cybefest. Um, uh, do you want to talk about kick off the cons too? Uh, I'm going to dive into that because I'm pretty excited about Kick Off the Cons. Uh, That is uh, Saturday, January 19th, 10 to 6 at Renton Technical College. Uh, You can buy tickets online or at the door. Uh, It's a networking convention, so there's lots of small cons and lots of big cons all in one area. So people can kind of uh, come and find stuff that they're interested in that maybe they didn't know about before. Very cool. And that's uh, that's put on by our friends at uh, Renton City Comic Con, right? Yeah, absolutely. And this will be our first time... um being a presence there so we're, we're really excited and uh yeah it's gonna be i think a lot of fun 
Yeah, I'm uh, maybe a little bit too excited about it. I keep proposing ideas, uh, <laughs> and it's, it's it's like it's a week away, and I'm just here just throwing stuff down. Like, what if we did this? What if we did this? And they're like, okay. Um, but we're doing uh, we're doing a raffle. We're mm-hmm. donating some stuff to Rencon's raffle. Uh, we have Matt Kubalt there, and he's going to be doing sketches with us. Um, just lots of cool stuff. We've got some games. Uh, Jason's putting together a display. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited. That's awesome. I uh, I haven't had the opportunity. I I missed uh, kick off the cons uh, last year. I thought I thought it was a a really cool concept. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like you were just saying. It's it's really kind of like a a networking type of show. It's not necessarily a like a, a media convention or a pop culture convention in in the in the sense of the word. But it's uh, from what I could see, it's a great opportunity for somebody to see all of the different uh, types of pop culture shows that are here in the Pacific Northwest. Like, you know, it's it's not just SideFest that's going to be there. There's a, a few other uh, local shows that are going to be there as well, like, you know, Geek Girl Con and, and uh, a few others as well. Oh, yeah. There's a Geek Girl Con. Uh, Lake City Toy Show is going to be there, actually. Uh, Nerd Fair. Uh, Norwest Con is there, which I was uh, kind of excited to hear about. Yeah. All sorts of neat stuff. And there's also, there's uh, it's not just cons, that's kind of the focus, but there's a ton of vendors and there's gaming, mm-hmm. uh, there's a cosplay contest, all sorts of neat stuff. Nice. So what uh, what was the motivation for getting uh, uh, getting involved with this uh, this particular event? Because it seems awfully, uh, awfully early if SideFest is in July. Well, I'm friends with one of their organizers, and he kind of mentioned to me that uh, tickets were free for cons. And I was like, well, why not? Right? Because it's, it's just an opportunity. We have nothing to lose by doing it. Mm-hmm. We have everything to gain. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think we can reach some new people. Uh, and I'm always out there to meet new Transformers fans as well. So. Awesome! Very cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's going to be uh, very exciting. Uh, Liz, could you remind us again uh, the particulars, uh, date and time, and location for uh, kick off the cons too? It is January nineteenth, uh, ten a.m. to six p.m. at Renton Technical College, uh, which is actually where they're going to have RenCon this year. Oh, so so Renton Comic Con is going to be in Renton this year. I know, right? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up. That's 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 not nice. <laughs> but but it was no. kind of funny that it wasn't actually in Renton. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, I mean, it was more funny than anything. And there's you know, oh, yeah. there's it's, it's logistics at that point. Yeah, exactly. And there were very specific reasons for that. And and yeah, it all it all kinds of makes sense. But uh, but the thing that I love about this is that it it shows the size and strength of the geek community here in the Seattle area in the Pacific Northwest. I I, I really like the idea, almost uh, like an Avengers team, uh, all of these great shows coming together. Um, and because, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. There's, there's a lot of uh, community overlap. You know, it's like just because you're a Transformers fan doesn't mean that, you know, there's, yeah, th- there's a lot of overlap there. And I think, uh, I think it's going to be a really 
uh, fun gathering. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, I, I'm excited for uh, you know raffle items and just uh, just seeing folks out there. And uh, Matt draws robots is awesome. Uh, he did a uh, sketch of the uh, you remember the 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 Transformers uh, Star Wars mashup toys uh, from oh, yeah. a handful of years ago. So I like that one sitting behind me. Ah, very good. So yeah, so so th- this is a, a it, it bit. It wasn't of- there before. It's just approached her. <laughs> <laughs> it's right behind me, isn't it? <laughs> it's the magic of radio, theater of the mind. But yeah, I mean, this this is a bit of a longer aside, but I have a, um, a square bound sketchbook that I had taken with me to Emerald City Comic Con for, for a number of years. And I, uh, I came upon Matt's table when he was at uh, ECCC one year, and I, I wasn't aware that he was uh, primarily a Transformers artist. I just you know his, his um you know his uh his art style is very striking it's usually like you know it's like kind of uh takes of old style uh posters and things like that just kind of reinterpreted from uh as transformers anyway it just it caught my eye and i asked him to do um if he could do a, a sketch of uh boba fett in in my book cuz it's 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 a themed book and he's like well I could, but how about I draw the uh, Star Wars uh, uh, Transformers Boba Fett action figure? And I just, I, I it felt like Christmas morning because <laughs> uh, because it's like it didn't occur to me to ask. And he uh, he did a killer job on it. I, I might have to uh, post that uh, so uh, I'll have a link to the show notes uh, so folks can see it. But it, it's it, it it came out really really cool. I was I was very happy with it because um, that's that's kind of that's kind of a goofy figure. It's like there's that the vehicle mode you can only do so much with. But I I really enjoyed what what uh, Matt did with it. So I'm I'm definitely a huge fan of his, and I'm uh, uh, really excited that he's going to be part of the. Uh, 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 side fest presence uh, there at kickoff uh, kickoff the cons. Yeah, he did an awesome biased. drawing for me as well. Um, at side fest, he did a great drawing of. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a musician. I'm a guitar player, mm. and so he did a picture of Grimlock in Dino mode trying to play the guitar <laughs> with his tiny <laughs> T Rex arms, and uh, it is one of my favorite things in the world now because it's just so, it brings a smile to my face every time I look at it. So. <laughs> That's I'm, awesome. I'm biased. Matt and I are pretty good friends. Mm. Uh, I've got quite a bit of art from him. Uh, he just just about every year for my birthday, he'll do a sketch. Uh, the one I've got hanging on the wall in front of me is Whirl having teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's pretty nice. He he does a lot of really fun stuff, but his uh, his uh, propaganda posters are, are some of my favorites. Thank you. Oh, that, those are brilliant. That that was the word I was looking for. It was on the tip of my tongue. I wanted to say propaganda posters, but like in my mind, it was scrambled up. I kept thinking old timey, and I'm like, no, it's not old timey. It's something very specific. <laughs> but like, because <laughs> you know, it'd be like you know, Energon for strength. You know, one of those things. Yeah, and it's, yeah. yeah. I I've yeah. got that one hanging next to me too. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so, do we know if uh, Matt is going to be doing uh, uh, drawings or sketches or have stuff at uh, kickoff uh, kickoff the cons? Uh, we're working on uh, exactly what he's going to be doing. Uh, my idea was to have him do mini sketches on the back of the business cards we have. Ooh. Um, but he he said he said no, that's too small. I can't do anything cool on that. <laughs> and I said it doesn't have to be cool. It just has to be funny. 
Um, that's, the idea, idea was to get people to keep the business cards because most of the times when I get business cards, they don't stay in my hand very long. Yeah. Um, and I figure if you've got a sketch on the back, that makes it kind of cool. That makes it something memorable. Maybe you keep it. Um, but we were talking about, uh, he said he's got a little bit bigger paper that he could maybe attach that to. And then we mm. could put both our business cards on it and it'd be kind of a mutually beneficial thing. Um, but I, whatever he does, it's going to be amazing. Gotcha. Um, and it's, I'm kind of leaving that up to him because mm-hmm. I trust him on the art side of things yeah. and he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Very cool. All right. So let's, uh, um, let's wind back the hands of time a little bit. And, and, and for Ben, some of this is kind of a uh, repeated material of, uh, a bit, but when uh, when you joined me last year, you kind of talked about kind of the what Cybefest is and a little bit of the history. But I thought since you know it's a it's a new year and every podcast is somebody's first podcast, uh, could you give a brief uh, background and history of Cybefest Northwest? Of course, of course. Um, so Cybefest is the sister show, a continuation show from Cybefest which is the Cybertronian Conference. CybeFest is the Cybertronian Festival. And um, so CybeCon was something that happened pretty much from about 2000 through, to, or maybe it was a little, even a little earlier, 2000 or 99 or something to uh, 2012. Hmm. And it was run by one person. Um, and he, it started out as just like a gathering at his house and then it just kind of built up to this uh, yearly gathering at a you know small uh, little convention hall or whatever that uh-huh. uh, dealers would come, sell their stuff. People would just hang out. We'd play games. There was video games. There was trivia, all sorts of stuff. And uh, when he decided he didn't want to continue running it, he asked myself and uh uh, and I brought in some other people that I thought would be interested in in taking over with me, and um, and then that's how it kind of Cybefest began. And we are a a convention, Transformer convention, fan convention by the fans for the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, many of us on the uh, on the staff have kids, and so we're. We really want to bring in that kind of adult fan as well as the kids and the families. And so we are one of our big um, important things that we're trying to do is it's a family convention. It's not about just high-end Transformer purchases. And we're trying to make it more than just another toy convention. Yeah. Um, so Transformers is a, starting as an action figure line, and that it's that's the been the main thing, main focus of it. Mm-hmm. But like Liz was saying, there's there's artists, there's cosplay, there's so much more to it than just the toys, and so we're trying to really bring all of that under one roof and um, and create an event that's just like any everywhere you look, it's Transformers, and it's for these kind of fans that just absolutely love the brand and want to kind of hang out with like-minded uh, fans and mm-hmm. just kind of enjoy uh, each other and stuff like that. I gotcha. And, and Ben, that's kind of how you got involved, right? You were kind of there at the at the beginning and kind of, you know, in, in previous iterations and sister shows. And, and so you, you've kind of been there along the way, right? 
Yeah, I my first SideCon was 2003, I believe. Might have been 2004. Mm. Um, and I was pretty much there every year after that. There was one year I missed it because I was down in California. And it actually ended up being the last SideCon I missed, unfortunately. And that was the year that we announced SideFest. Oh. And I, I wasn't actually there when we announced it um, because I was I had a trip to California already planned before um, Side SideCon had gotten announced. So I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to miss this. But um, luckily I had all my the rest of the rest of the team was there and were able to take up my slack and stuff like that and so um yes yeah, so i've been i've been involved i've been i've been a presence at convention sidecon for for many years and i would probably say about five or six years in um Greg, uh God, who was the guy who ran sidecon was doing it all himself okay and and so I was just like, hey, what can what can I do to help? And he was like, well, hey, why don't you run the trivia contest? Why don't you just kind of – I have <laughs> all the trivia questions. Why don't you just run it so I can work on some other stuff? I said, okay, I'll do that. And I did that one year. And then I said, hey, can I can I do this other year? <laughs> other years? Can I keep doing this? <laughs> sure. And um, then I brought in my friend Jason. I was like, hey, can you, you want to help me with this trivia stuff? And so then we started kind of coming up with different approaches to the trivia games each year. We tried to do something different. Um, sometimes it was just the, the basic Jeopardy trivia question. Sometimes it was we would show pictures. Sometimes it was like put these in a specific order and we would do more teams. Um, because we, we know that there are some fans that are just insanely knowledgeable about Transformers, and mm-hmm. if we did just did a straight question answer type thing, Zane's going to win every time. <laughs> and um, and Liz knows who I'm talking about. Um, and so we kind of said, okay, let's try to do different things, so that way people can't just know what to expect, and we yeah. would change it up and and stuff. So that's that's kind of how him and I got involved. And then when uh, Cyclone was ending, I think. I think our involvement with the trivia and trying to keep it fresh and doing different things is what kind of got Greg to be interested in having us take over, uh, take over the con and become Sidefest. And so I think that's what it is. I I don't know for sure, but uh, okay. But yeah, and the whole reason why we changed the name from Sidecon to Sidefest is kind of twofold. One, Sidecon was was Greg's baby, mm-hmm. and you know. He didn't really want someone to kind of basically continue on with his with his creation, and and on the other hand, we wanted to kind of create something that was our own, yeah, and not just be you know this is the same thing that you've been going to, um, but we wanted it to be very very similar in name, so that people who had been going to SideCon it wouldn't be that big of a stretch. The SideCon became SideFest and. Um, while it's not the exact same show, it's very similar. We brought back a lot of the things that we did at SideCon, like mm-hmm. the transforming contest, video game contest, um, the trivia contest. And so we brought a lot of that stuff back um, so that there's a familiarity to the show for for the fans that have been going to it for as long as I have or longer. And, and then as we've been bringing in new people to... Uh, 
add to our staff and stuff that also kind of increase the interest in bringing in the cosplay stuff and more art contest type stuff. And, and so, yeah, that's, you know, as with anything, you bring in fresh, fresh minds, fresh perspectives, new blood, and it becomes, it starts to evolve a little bit more. And so that's kind of what we're trying to do is maintain that fan for the fan yeah. convention and family atmosphere and all that while bringing in more stuff for people to, to see and do. Absolutely. And that uh, that actually segues perfectly into uh, bringing Liz in because, um, Liz, you come into this as a fan. Um, but I, I am curious, how, uh, how uh, did you find yourself involved kind of on the other side of Sidefest Northwest, the, uh, the planning and coordinating and, and kind of being a major force? Because it, it, it feels like to me, as somebody kind of like on the outside looking in, that, that uh, you've, uh, you've come in and made your presence known very quickly. And I, <laughs> I, I, think, that, I think that's phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, I was wondering if, uh, if you have a story there you'd like to talk about how you got involved. Uh, Sidefest is hugely important to me. Um, I moved here from Indiana in May of 2014, and no, uh, I didn't know anybody. Um, that was uh, Sidefest was three months later, uh, and my I think my dad uh, just happened to stumble across it on uh, TFW uh, 2005, and uh, we went. We came in. We didn't get early admission. We came in just to kind of look around and see what this was, what's going on here. Um, and I met uh, Yumi, who is one of the artists there, and we just clicked instantly. Uh, and I met uh, what we, we call ourselves WTF now, it's Washington Transformers fans. Um, and these are all my friends now, and these are the people I came to know. These were the first people I met in Washington State. Um, and so I've been at SideFest every year. It's, it's, it's our home, I guess. It's just where we met it's where we all came together uh we always we have lunch together we go do stuff together we watch each other's tables Mm -hmm. uh and then uh this year came around and i was just kind of chatting with some friends and i just kind of started uh, well okay it wasn't just this year the past few years (laughs) i've been just messaging ben and jason like hey guys i had this idea hey hello hi i like subfest hi and this year, finally, uh, Ben made the mistake of saying, Liz, would you like to be an organizer? And I said, gotcha. Um, <laughs> so here I am on a podcast. <laughs> cool. it, let me tell you, it was a quick decision. It was a <laughs> – he expressed the interest, and I turned to Jason, and I said – and this was actually at SideFest uh, last year. And I was like, you know, Liz has just been she, – she kind of started taking on responsibilities before – was actually a part of the the organizing team. So she mm-hmm. started kind of like, hey, how about if I put the word out about the cosplayers and I'll come up with a, some prizes for the cosplay contest and um, how does that sound? We're like, sure, that sounds awesome. You know, that's something that we're not in tuned with and it, you know, it takes something that could have, would have ended up on our plate, off of our plate, which was, which is great. Um, and I and and so we were sitting up that morning, and I was like, "Jason, what do you think about Liz as an organizer?" So I mean, she's, you know, because we keep talking about like, well, we want to kind of see how the, how people interact with the fans and, and kind of interact with us before we like bring them on as official um, 
member of the staff because these are people we have to to work with um, and organize with, and that we don't have the luxury of being paid. Right. And so, you know, you can't just say, well, at least I'm getting paid to work with these people. <laughs> you know, so we, we have to enjoy the people's company that we are working with. You know, there's a lot of conversations from, you know, uh, conferences and get-togethers when we're trying to, you know, get badges ready and all that stuff. So we have to work kind of in close proximity to each other. So, like, we want to work with people we like. And, as you know, just like, you know, Liz has been so just enthusiastic about the convention Pushy. as a whole. <laughs> I heard and, that. <laughs> and... and I was like, you know, what do you think about bringing her on? It's like, well, yeah, that sounds like pretty cool. And I'm like, can can I tell her today? Can I, can I tell her? Can I bring her on now? And Jason's like, uh, you know what? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just kind of walked across the room to my table and was like, hey, Liz, I have, I have something uh, I want to ask you. So. <laughs> And then I got down on one knee and I said, Liz, will you be a part of SideFest? <laughs> and I offered a SideFest badge. No, um, <laughs> oh, that's... It, it, was, it was entirely about her enthusiasm. And, mm-hmm. and to go to Liz's story, Liz's story is a story that a lot of people have had with mm-hmm. SideCon and SideFest. And Liz's story is what ultimately we want to create through SideFest is mm-hmm. that community. And, you know, she came in to SideFest not knowing really anybody. Mm-hmm. And most of us have the luxury of knowing each other just in passing for, for you know, whether it be for a few months or a few years or just seeing each other in the toy aisles or whatever. Right. On, on Facebook uh, groups or other Transform websites. Mm-hmm. And so for, for someone like Liz to just kind of come in as a as a complete stranger to the to the state she she's she's just a whirlwind of enthusiasm and excitement <laughs> and she see what you and, did there. And, that, and it just shows and like you said she's made her presence known and I'm amazed uh, every every day uh, by her and she's she's been just an amazing addition to the to the staff, and uh, she's not allowed to ever go. So <laughs> I'm gonna uh, cry. She's not aware of this, uh, but she's she's now on forever. <laughs> <laughs> For life. For life. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. a lifer. That's when you get the knuckle tattoos. Uh, Sidefest Northwest for life. Oh, that's way too many fingers. You, you gotta need more fingers yeah. for that. But uh... I'll work on that. <laughs> I don't know if I have that much dedication to grow extra fingers for the knuckle tattoo. <laughs> there you go. But I, I was under the impression it was the other way that they could not get rid of me. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's you it's... know, part of me wanted to joke around how we were being blackmailed by her, but you know what? That. It, I don't want to joke around. Well, there's that too, but we're not supposed to talk excitement. about the blackmail. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the constant harassment. Well, and I was going <laughs> to say, and this uh, this quote's been uh, used a, a lot in the news recently, but it's it really does kind of remind me of that uh, line that Rorschach has in Watchmen, where it's like, "No, you're uh, you're you're trapped in here with me." <laughs> Oh, absolutely! Right. So. Ben has no idea what he's done. <laughs> I kind of do, you know. We, you know, like I said, Liz, <laughs> like part of the the, the art group that we, that the staff is kind of attached ourselves to post show at post convention, and so mm-hmm. uh, so we we know about her quite well because of just 
her interaction with with the the dealers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's like, yeah, we we knew what we were getting into. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. My favorite thing was was last night she posted a thing about like, oh, how about if we do this? I'm like, well, why don't we hold off on that? And she's like, sorry about me posting these ideas in the middle of the night. Uh, and it's like, no, no, don't worry about that. And then I kind of was sitting there thinking, it was 11 o'clock, and I'm like, ha-ha, you're now referring to 11 o'clock as the middle of the night. <laughs> and I thought that, <laughs> you're getting old like us. Yeah, it's great. I mean, and she's been great about like, hey, I have this idea, and it's like, well, let's let's hold off on that idea, and let's mm. focus on these other things, and and it's not, you know, it's just throwing out ideas, and if whatever hits, hits, and mm-hmm. we'll table the rest. And so, oh, that's my entire aim. Gotcha. Yeah. Throw down as much as I can, and whatever we can do, we will. I gotcha. So let's uh, let's stay there for for a minute before we, uh, you know, talk about our you know individual fandoms and kind of our our pathway to uh, being part of the Transformers community. Um, let's what. What can we talk about now in terms of what folks can expect for Sidefest Northwest in 2019? Um, well, we will have a lot of the old staples, the trivia game, mm-hmm. the transforming contest. I think we're putting a hiatus on the video game contest uh, for this year. We are working on getting, since there is a new Transformer trading card game ah. out, we're going to try to bring that in as a kind of a replacement for it to see how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, Liz has reached out to Wizards of the Coast. We're waiting to hear back from from them regarding their involvement, if any. Um, it, like, we're going to do the cosplay contest. I'm going to try to have a bigger art contest uh, so that we get more involvement with that because mm-hmm. in the previous years, it's kind of been like, yeah, there's an art contest, but only a few people enter. Uh, we do have like cash prizes, like uh, what we refer to as dealer dollars, so money that people can spend at the different dealers at the show and buy stuff. And then the dealers after the show give us the little uh, fake Sidefest dollars and we give them real cash. Um, and we started doing that over like a gift card or toy mm-hmm. because what that means is it's still, you know, either way, whether it's a toy that we're giving away or um, a gift card, it's still money out of our pocket Yeah, uh, that's going. So we're like, well, if we give it to people as dealer dollars, then dealers are making more money. I and think it's such an awesome idea because the dealers, it, it's we're buying the prizes from the dealers and the winners get to yeah. choose what their prizes are. It works yeah. so and, well. And yeah. I've because been a with, dealer the past couple of years and I just thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It's something I, um, that BotCon did that um, when it was still a thing. Sure. I would enter the uh, BotCon movie contest, and I won several years. And so um, they're a much bigger show, so their prize dollars was much bigger. Um, but I did like the fact that, you know, it was something I could spend right there, and I would buy something that would be kind of like, oh, this is what I want. You know, this is the figure that I, I bought with the prize money and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a way to keep, keep the money going to, uh, the, the small businesses or 
the dealers that are doing this for fun and stuff like that. Awesome. Very cool. So and I'm going to try really hard. I, yeah, sorry. Interrupt. Try really hard to get like a Lego display. That's, that's been kind of something that's on my plate to try to get going, whether it's just um, Transformer fans building Transformer Lego stuff mm-hmm. or um, me getting uh, the Seattle Lego users group, which I'm also a part of, mm-hmm. to be involved. But uh, yeah, it's that's something that's on my, my plate to try to make happen. Gotcha. We have lots of stuff we're working on. <laughs> yes. Very cool. Lots of ideas, and there's going to inevitably be those ideas like, this is a great idea. We're not going to really implement it this year, or, you know, this is just too much stuff to try to do right now. But, you know, so we're, we're going to kind of prioritize our uh, what we want to do. Well, and I think this will kind of make for a fun time capsule too, right? You know, because like we're we're talking in the middle of January, so it'll be interesting as as we get closer to the show. Because I would definitely uh, love to have you folks on or anyone else uh, involved in Cybefest that would like to jump on and and talk about stuff as uh, as things develop and and continue to grow. Because um, I I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I like uh um I last year was my first Cybefest. I uh, famously found out about it like the the week of um so i ended up going like in the afternoon on my way home from work and even just for those couple hours that i was there i it was a blast um yeah i mean it's like you know you had a uh, mahalo mike and his blind bags and oh you yeah know, that was great and that uh cool. that, w- that was a lot of fun and and i'm kind of kicking myself that i didn't do more of them uh because that i mean a blind bag are just fun um, they really are and you know it's like you know you had you had folks uh, uh selling selling parts by bulk and there was like a huge kids area and that was the thing that that really struck me about Sidefest northwest is and ben you've mentioned it a couple times now but just how how family friendly it was it was kind of refreshing to just see kids little kids running around having fun and i yeah. uh, i i really like that i thought i thought that was uh one of the things that that sets Sidefest uh, Northwest apart from, you know, maybe like some of the other uh, uh, similar type of uh, fan conventions. I really yeah, the, look the forward kids. to the day that Statler runs the children's area. <laughs> right. That's that's kind of slowly starting to happen. My son, Statler, who um, has been at every Sidefest, mm-hmm. um, he's been wanting to be more involved. Um, so he's kind of helping me now with some of the trivia, like handing out... Uh, prizes to the kids for the trivia contest or help me come up with questions. But um, like the kids play area mm-hmm. is something that uh, I really championed for, for Sidefest was something, um, something Sidecon didn't do. Uh, and I think it was mainly due to space. Uh, but I said, I want, I want a play area for kids so that kids who may not necessarily, you know, cause I being a parent, it's like, Mm-hmm. You don't want your kids just to be like, okay, I'm going to buy something just to keep you quiet. It's like this gives the kids something to do that the parents don't have to buy to entertain them mm-hmm. or bring something in that could potentially get lost. And um, they can look around. It's all in the same – it's in the dealer room, so it's within view of pretty much everywhere you can be in the dealer room. Mm-hmm. Um and kids get to kind of play around with Transformers, and uh, some of them are not in the best condition, and that's therefore, if they break, oh, well, we just kind of trash them and bring in some new ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but yeah, it's that's been really cool. I've been really into the kids area. We've uh, Liz's makes crayons, transformer crayons. We've had those there. We've had coloring pages. My wife, though she wasn't there last year um, due to being in the Bering Sea of Alaska on a research trip. Oh. Um, She's an oceanographer, so yeah, uh-huh. so she she was she was doing that. Okay, and so she, normally she does like uh, face painting. She's done face painting before, and mm-hmm. so we're gonna hopefully have uh, her doing that again. So it's like just like it's a family convention. It's a family involvement. Like my my wife is there, my son is there, my mom helps out at the registration table. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason's wife helps out, and and so yeah, it's been. It's a lot of fun. So, Anna's our littlest volunteer. Anna's, <laughs> yes. Um, though it's not so much a volunteer as to take away the attention of the volunteers. <laughs> she's just one. So, if, if someone's mad, we just show them Anna and they can't do anything. That's right. They're just she's like, too oh, cute. cute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think having the children's area solves the problem of it's really hard to be a kid in a room full of toys that you can't play with. Yes. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. we have the children's area and we say, here are the toys that you can play with. Please leave the masterpieces alone. <laughs> See, I, I love that, and you know, and and for some of our uh, some of us uh, crusty G oneers, you know, it's like we we forget sometimes that these are toys. And you know, toys are are meant to be played with. I mean, I exactly. I, I mean, I I got to wear my own hypocrisy on my sleeve. I I personally am more of a box collector than a than a toy collector. But uh, but I I appreciate the the sentiment of uh of that having that uh available for kids. I I just I I think it's so great. And again, as a as a reminder, uh, that is a Cybefest Northwest 2019. Uh, that is going to be July 27th of 2019 at the Kent Commons Community Center, and um, and we are talking to Liz and Ben, uh, you know, two of the uh, organizers, part of the uh, uh, larger team that's uh, that's in charge of bringing the uh, unofficial Transformers fan convention uh, in the Pacific Northwest by the fans for the fans. And I, I think what I'd like to get into now a little bit is kind of talk about um, uh, fandoms, and because like I I. I have this unique opportunity to have you both on the line with me and really you're kind of like at opposite ends of the fandom uh, spectrum, you know, like just in terms of like age and, and what you folks are into and, uh, and, and Liz, before I, before I kick it over to you to, you know, kind of ask you about uh, your cosplay and, you know, kind of, kind of what you're into uh, uh, transformers wise. um, We, uh, you know, prior to talking on the phone today, I don't believe that that we've formally met. Um, I don't think we have. I don't. I, I know I've run into you, but I don't think we've ever like. You know, talked for an extended period of time. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, done uh, some uh, you know corresponding on on social media and whatnot. But if I if I remember correctly, I think the first time I I saw you was at uh, Emerald City Comic Con a number of years ago. I don't I don't remember what year it was, but it was the year that uh, Marigold Scott was there. And she, oh yeah, yeah, and uh, she was there. She was she was splitting a table with uh, Livio Ramadelli, and um, I can't remember if it was at the table or at the booth 
or uh, both. But I I remember uh, you rolled up to him and you know we're chatting and I I believe you were cosplaying as Windblade at that point if I remember correctly. Yeah. But but that was one of those things where it's like uh, you know I, I found you on Twitter after that and I'm just like hey this person's pretty cool and seems to be you know super super into um a lot of this stuff because like i for for my fandom i you know i'm i'm a lapsed g1er that is just kind of now getting back into things a bit like you know my uh you know my jam primarily is the 86 movie as you know uh, a lot of folks uh, fans of of my podcast would know uh but you know it's like i i've you know really been dialed into the idw comics uh for for the entirety of their run um but really outside of that i i haven't really gotten much into other stuff and i'm finding through some of these new friends that i'm making you know it's like you know I'm learning about third party figures, learning about masterpiece, you know, as well as all like the different offshoots of uh, uh, media. But but maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Um, uh, but Liz, I was wondering if you could take the floor a little bit and and kind of talk about um, again, like your uh, your cosplay and Transformers fandom and how uh, how how you kind of fit into all that. Yeah, um, I'm a new fan. Uh, I've probably only been into it maybe seven eight years. Uh, I got into it just as Prime was finishing. Um, I My first Transformers toy was the McDonald's bulkhead figure from Transformers Prime. <laughs> um, when I was really, really little, my dad had me watch the 86 movie, mm-hmm. and that was my first movie with a swear word in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, it was uh, for a lot of us, so, so you're in good company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm 21 now. I'm definitely a younger fan. Um, I find myself uh, hanging around with you old guys a lot and your toys. Uh, I used to be really, really into toy collecting. I, I had a, you know, not, not, not nearly as big as most of you, but I had mm-hmm. a pretty big collection. Uh, and I've sold most of it at Sidefest now. Um, uh-huh. The only thing I'm collecting uh, Transformers-wise is Windblade and RC figures. Okay. Um, Windblade, personally, is really, really important to me. Um, I love her for all the reasons that a lot of the old men fans hate her. Ah, um, sure. She, she is she is new. She's fan created. She is female. Um, I I love. And she's an awesome loved, character. She is an awesome character. I think uh, my the way my friend Gabe put it was, uh, she was kind of advertised as just being this like warrior fighter girl, and like she is that, but she's also a secretary. Like you, you go in and you look, you read Windblade, and she's just trying to run the city while Starscream's <laughs> over here, you know, doing his thing. Um, and she, she was just really, really cool to see. Uh, and she's, she's been in a lot of stuff. She was in the uh, recent uh, R.I.D. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's in the the uh, new animated series. Their first season just finished airing. Yeah, yeah, Cyberverse. And I really, really, yeah, it's Cyberverse. I really, really loved her portrayal on that. Um, I'm actually not sure how most of the fans feel about Cyberverse, but I really enjoyed it. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. It has a lot of great throwbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as cosplay goes, I've been cosplaying since I was in early, early middle school. I had a friend that was really into anime and dragged me into it, and I never got into anime, which hmm. I think is something you're supposed to do before you cosplay, but I never did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, They're going to kick you out. <laughs> I know, right? I didn't get my anime ID. Um, but it's, uh, I just found I really enjoyed making stuff with my hands. I, I, I like sewing. It's relaxing for me. A lot of people don't feel that way. Um, hmm. I, I 
I love working with hot glue. Hot glue burns are a mark of pride for me. <laughs> um, I'm actually uh, going to TFCon uh, later this year, and I'm trying my best to uh, get up and redo my Windblade cosplay. Because the first time I did it, it was not well done. Uh, it was not well made. It was my first foray into armor building. Oh, okay. Um, as opposed to just, like, cloth and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used a lot of cardboard, which is really heavy. Yeah. Uh, and I I went all in on my first armor build. It had wings, and, like, it was crazy. And I, I used wire to hold the wings up, and mm-hmm. it cut into my neck, and I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but, like, the wings were, they could fold, which I was really proud of, because right. it was perforated cardboard, and I thought that was amazing. It was not. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was uh, to, I'm really bad about putting myself down. It was cool. It looked really cool, but it hurt. Sure. Um, and I, I, I want to remake it so it looks better, is mm-hmm. less heavy, and it it still looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working on the base, actually. Uh, I worked on a little bit yesterday, and I'm working on a little bit today. I've got just a black morph suit, and that's okay. where I'm starting from. I'm going to paint the kabuki makeup on her. Uh, and that way I don't have to do it on my own face uh, and worry about, you know, like Asian stereotyping or Asian culture. I don't want to offend anybody. So it's right. not on my own face. It's on a morph suit. Um, and then I, I don't have to worry about makeup running or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you've really got me started now. I'm very excited. That's fine. Um, <laughs> no, it, but, it's that's uh, really cool. Yeah. Instead of working with cardboard this time, I'm going to work with foam and warbla and I'm pretty excited about it. Awesome. I well, I I'm looking forward to that because like, uh, if it's the one I'm thinking of, uh, you know, it sounds like it was your first crack at Windblade, and again, I thought that was really cool. It's like, hey, that's, that's an impressive wingspan. So, <laughs> um, so I, I I'm really excited to to see what you do with it in a uh, in the future, and uh, and I think like you know as as we go on, we'll uh, you know like I've got a couple other uh, fandom related topics that that um, you know maybe we'll loop back around to. But uh, but Ben, I'd like to come back to you for for a minute. Uh, you uh, you were recently on television. Um, I was. Can I? Uh, uh, could you famous. talk? Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> well when I was when I was doing promo for uh, you know during my uh, last week's episode, I was like, you know, this guy's a TV star, <laughs> local television <laughs> star Ben Harpold from Sci-Fi. I've showed up on for seven minutes on this show. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny. I I was at work and like I I watched it live while it was on. And uh, but I but I'm getting ahead of myself. Could uh, uh, talk about your uh, your uh, local your foray into local television. So the way it all came about was was interesting. So I'm sure most everyone knows that there was a Bumblebee movie that came out. Yep. And, no way. Um, it's still out. Yes, go see it. It's good. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Yep. <laughs> but uh, the so movie studios have these uh, promotion companies that they hire in major cities to kind of do local promotion. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how they found out about Sidefest. Um, whether they just kind of looked up Transformers in the Pacific Northwest, they found Sidefest, uh, and they contacted us regarding. Uh, doing kind of a promotion with uh, with them and getting the word out about the Bumblebee movie, um, having people submit cosplay or their collections, and they would win a prize, and then uh, also give away tickets 
to the press screening for the for the movie, which was like about four days before the opening, actual opening weekend. Oh, okay. And so, so Liz kind of got an email together, uh, kind of responding. So we talked about it as a group, and we're like, yeah, there's, there's no downside to this. I added a few things to the email um, because one of the things that I do is I collect the character Bumblebee, and um, it started out as a uh, – I was my first Transformer when I was mm-hmm. a kid. In 1984, Christmas morning, in my stocking was G1 Bumblebee. So. <laughs> So that kind of was the catalyst of this. And sure. uh, so I said, okay, let's well, yeah, about my Bumblebee collection. Just see of all of all the people that might be interested in this, this might be something. So they so she responded, we uh, they said, Why don't you bring your Bumblebee stuff, uh, some of your Bumblebee collection to uh, the screening? Okay, that sounds good. And then a few days later they said would you be interested in going on a TV show like um, New Day Northwest, which is a uh, local talk show on uh, Channel 5? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, sure, that's, uh, that's going to be kind of crazy, but sure. Um, and so that's how that all got started. And I've, I've never been on camera in, <laughs> on TV before. Uh, I used to to try to make a run at being a filmmaker. Um, okay. In my college, you know, post-college days, I worked in the local film industry, uh, working on short films, a um, couple commercials, and I, I worked on a feature film. And I and I had a couple, like, really brief little cameo on-camera things. So that was my extent of being on camera. I was more of behind-the-scenes guy. So the idea of, like, being in a TV studio and actually seeing all that, how all that runs was actually just as fascinating to me as like the idea of being on TV so that was pretty cool and nice. so I said okay let's do it and we nailed down to do it and uh, yeah and so I went and filmed it was uh, the way they approach uh, how they film New Day Northwest um, the show airs at 11 o'clock if I remember correctly right and um, they said come at 9.30 in the morning and bring your stuff. I said, okay. <laughs> and we get there, we're waiting, we're waiting, it's at the King 5 uh, studios. And so we're waiting there, my wife came with me, my son came with me, uh, my son who really, really wanted to be on TV too, uh, but, you know, it wasn't about him that night. So right. <laughs> he had to just settle with just uh, watching from the sidelines. Uh, His drawing was there. He got that. His drawing, yes. I brought a drawing with me along with all my other, like, Bumblebee collectibles uh, that he did for me when he was, like, four or five. And so I had that on display along with, you know, Masterpiece Bumblebees because, you know, these are my important things in my collection here. So, yeah, so so at 9.30 we're we're hanging out there and we said, okay, well, we'll get to you. And we see several other people waiting. And so these are the other people that were on the segments before mine. Mm Mm-hmm. So they called me back about 10.30 or so. And so there's a go back in this little hallway, and they had me start setting up my, my Bumblebee figures on this rolling cart. Okay. Um, it's like, it's, like I said, it's a hallway. 
And they're like, we're going to wheel it around, and then the studio is just on the other side of this wall. So it's like, okay, that's cool. And I'm thinking, I'm standing up robots on a cart that's going to be rolling, and who knows if there's, like, cables or anything like that, and I'm just imagining all these just tumbling off. So yeah. Like, well, let's just lay them down, and I'll just stand them up later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, that's fine. And then they did the makeup, you know, the powdered makeup and stuff like that. <laughs> and, they gave uh, you makeup? They gave me makeup, yes. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I, I'm imagining... It's kind of reduce the sign of, like, you know, like... And stuff sure. Like that, I well, I was yeah. gonna say I, I'm imagining like a Princess Diaries esque makeover sequence or something yes, like exactly. that. Yeah. It was a montage, uh, right? <laughs> it was weird. It was girls just to want to have fun, but it was me, so I'm not sure what I meant by that. But um, so yeah, basically, it was about probably about ten ten forty five. I'm I'm back there. They wheel me back, and I. I meet Margaret Larson, who was the host. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the mic attached and stuff like that to my back. It's like a little um, microphone that clips to your, yeah. to your uh, shirt. Yeah, it's like a rocket pack type thing. Sideswipe. Give me your rocket pack. My rocket pack? Now! Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You want my and, rocket pack? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that was, um, that's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, and so there was the producers talked to me and like, okay, there you know have a few that you're going to talk about. Have you know she's going to ask you about your favorite Transformers and how do you got into to Transformers and how why Bumblebee. That was the extent of my like pre-interview prep was, okay. was she might talk about these things and then to go like a minute or two before they actually wheel the card in there go, hey, is there any tra- one of them that you can just transform on camera for us? Now, for those who don't, <laughs> aren't familiar with the newest renditions of Transformers, some of these figures have 30 or 40 steps and are quite involved and aren't something that, like, as kids of the 80s, where you could transform it in like three seconds. These are sometimes can take several minutes to do. It's a seven minute segment. So I had to figure out a figure that one wasn't just like two steps and it's done. And nor was it like a masterpiece figure that was going to take me like four or five minutes. If, if I'm really quick to transform it. Right. So I picked out classics Bumblebee from 2006 mm-hmm. and I transformed it to vehicle mode because I know I can go from vehicle to robot much faster than robot to vehicle. So I was like, okay, well, I'll have this one ready in case they ask. And so so then we did our little, like, meet Margaret Larson. Uh, she's excited about this. And, and I'm seeing, like, the teleprompter in front of me, and I, my <laughs> attention keeps going to the, the production side of things. And my, my eyes start wandering. If you watch the video, you can see me kind of, like, looking around the room every once in a while, like, just eyeing cameras and stuff. Like, this is really fun. Oh, that's funny. And- <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> yes, this is what's going on in my mind as, as I'm doing this. And uh, and so she starts talking, and there was like this, she, the phrasing of the introduction was a little like, probably too much like transformer information. Mm-hmm. She kind of stumbled over the words, and so she's like, oh, I'm going to restart that. And so, you know, because she's, we shake hands, and then she starts. Wow. And... And so then she had to restart. And so then we 
So then I'm like, okay, we're going to redo it, and we shake hands again as if we're meeting for the first time. So now this is the third time I've shaken her hand <laughs> uh, and acting like I'm meeting her for the first time. Yeah. You know, the, the fun of the illusion of television. And then we get past the segment, and then I start talking, and they're like, oh, wait, hold, we didn't turn your mic on. Oh, no. <laughs> so back and we're doing it again. Uh, and so then we finally get through it, and it's all done in one take. And they're cutting, they're going back from camera to camera. Everything's being filmed in one one take. Um, there, there was no editing. So that was, uh, so we had to kind of go through it, and I had to basically wing all my answers. I knew I knew what I was going to say about uh, why Bumblebee as far as, like, how I got it in the morning, mm-hmm. Christmas morning, and stuff like that. But then just kind of talking about, uh, you know, I started talking about the character and how in G1... He was like the little brother of the Transformers, and I, I was like, well, yeah, it kind of, and it kind of occurred to me why I related to that. Like in the moment, I'm like, I never really thought of it at that point. I'm like, yeah, yeah this is why I related to the characters. Like I am a little brother, so, so of course I related to the little brother character. <laughs> and so like this, this epiphany happened on camera. Wow, it was not, it was not <laughs> prepared. Um, and then and then started talking about like the the movie and she had, the, obviously the movie was, the, the segment was there to promote the movie right and so we did that uh, I got to talk about uh, my friend Randy Kinzer who's also one of the organizers uh, for the convention he did this giant paper bumblebee for me that I got to display and it's 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 an insane work of art he didn't design it it was designed by somebody else but he built it for me mm-hmm. um, and he did not realize how hard it was going to be to build. And so I think uh, he would not have ever even attempted to build it for me had he known. <laughs> so, but it's still like one of my prized possessions, and it's like in this nice glass case in my room. Nice. And uh, so I got to kind of focus on that, and I showed some of my other uh, kind of rare prototype stuff that, or prototype of a toy that never even actually got made into a toy that I got my hands on and some other stuff and I showed like I said my my son's drawing and stuff and yeah it was it was an interesting experience we had to you know because it was only a seven minute segment I was like I didn't I didn't keep track of how much time we had left sure segued into the convention Sidefest and we got talking about how you know the history of Sidefest and then before I got to actually introduce, like, like say, here are the people that are involved. I didn't even get to say the name of the convention <laughs> right. before she had changed subjects and was basically wrapping up the interview. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I didn't even say the word Sidefest Northwest. I got to say that there is a convention in the Pacific Northwest for Transformers, but that was the extent of it. <laughs> and it wasn't on her radar to, to make sure the name got dropped and stuff like that oh sure yeah they ended up linking it on their facebook page which i appreciated yeah and i asked actually right after i'm like i didn't get to mention the the convention and they said it's going to be linked to it on the video so i said okay that's cool but i mean i felt really bad about not not one not getting the name of the convention out because that's one of the big reasons why i was there um and to 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 call out like Jason and Liz and Rick and mm-hmm. and Randy and Ryan and you know the people of those are the that's the team as well as all the other people um, who who volunteer at, at the show and so um, you know I wanted to, to I, I wanted to say though their names they need to get the recognition they yeah, deserve yeah 
um, because of all the help. It gets a damn, the show happens. Um, so, yeah. So, so that was like, I, I wish I didn't leave it going, oh, I, if only I had said this and done this, I could have, I, I wouldn't have left with this kind of feeling of I, I missed an opportunity or something. But but it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something I never thought I would ever say that, hey, I was on TV um uh, for something you know positive and so it was <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know so it was it was a great experience overall and then i displayed at the at the at the press screening um saw several people from that uh come to side fest mm-hmm. showed up at the press screening uh i displayed my stuff got to talk to people we handed out side fest flyers ah oh, nice uh, Liz was there. Um, the screening was so cool. Yes, my my this Bumblebee was my son's first PG thirteen movie. Mm-hmm. He's nine, uh, but we had heard it, I had heard it was kind of a light PG. So, you know, bad bad. There was a couple of bad language things and a couple of like kind of disturbing things. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you know, that kind of he's very sensitive to like characters that he cares about getting hurt. Yeah. Sure. So that was my concern and seeing these, you know, very realistic, uh, versions of characters that he's cares about getting uh-huh. like beat up and stuff like that. Right, so sure, he, sure. He's pretty sensitive to stuff like that, but he handled it just fine. Um, and my wife really enjoyed it. She's been kind of, uh, getting kind of tired of the live action transformer movies mm-hmm. after a while. And so she's like, this, this was a good movie. And so she was nice. excited about it. My unfortunate experience was at the very beginning of the movie, I started feeling like this pain in my side and the pain just kind of kept building. And I realized I had a kidney stone, oh. um, which if you, if, if for those who've never had ones are extremely painful. Mm-hmm. And so I endured that for about half of the movie. And then I had to leave and walk around because it was the only way I could just kind of endure the pain. And I was just shifting so much. So I just, I missed the last half of the movie, oh. <laughs> but I couldn't came back leave. The credits, my, huh? I came. I, I saw it for the last little bit of the credits, um, but my wife and son were there, and I wasn't going to make them leave. And my friend Randy was there, so I, uh, I, I and my stuff was locked in the manager's office at the theater. Right. So I couldn't just leave um, without anybody knowing. So I just kind of had to wander around and and just kind of endure the pain until the movie was over. But uh, everything was fine. I didn't end up having to go to the hospital, which was basically what I was going to do immediately following the movie. But right. luckily that uh, that didn't have to happen. So I had had one before, so I knew what to expect. So oh, I, I see. You knew, knew what was, the score was. Okay. Yeah, it was it was brutal. But, you know, ultimately I was like, okay, I know what this is. I know this is good. This too will pass and stuff like that. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Ew. Um, so, um, so have, have you since gone back to watch it again to, uh, yeah. Okay. Actually, actually my son and I, and my mom who has gone to see all of the live action movies in the theater with me, mm-hmm. uh, over the last, over the last 10 years. Cause okay. she's like, she just thinks it's cool to see these movies with me because it's like, this is a, it's like she likes watching the Lego movies too with me because because I'm a Lego guy too, and so so we went on uh, Friday morning, mm-hmm. uh, and we we watched it uh, so opening day so so it was kind of cool because uh, she's been wanting to see it anyway so sure I got to find I got to see it and go okay well now I'm seeing the part that I missed <laughs> and it was as good as, as I was hoping it would be I 
stuff. So, well, very good. And you know, I thought since we were talking so much about Bumblebee, I I, I couldn't leave the topic with at least uh, asking both of you kind of kind of what you thought about it. I mean, I I've personally talked at length about it. You know, like on a, on a couple different podcasts. Um, but I I guess I guess my hottest take before I before I kick it over uh, to you folks individually is like I you know you you talked about you know kind of like it being more of a subdued PG-13 sure there's a little bit of a language maybe a little more still for my taste me personally but I mm-hmm. I, I did also kind of uh, appreciate the way that the violence was toned down basically yeah. like you know um you know, like basically we have characters getting like blowed up into pieces rather than being like horrifically murdered. Well, I, I guess with with one notable exception, but but still, I mean, I, I, I liked I liked that it was portrayed more cartoony than uh, than uh, than I, I think the, the visceral realism that, you know, like we, we kind of talked about kind of live action movie fatigue a little bit. And I think I I had had enough of like that level of violence. So it was kind of nice to and it, and it fit tonally in but uh uh but yeah i mean so i mean that was kind of kind of one of my hottest takes i i really enjoyed it um but uh um i'll let you guys chat about it for for uh for a little bit if you'd like go for it liz i've i've been talking at length so go for it and i'll add my sense in later so i went into the movie very hyped up because uh, it, it i had heard the initial good reviews from the people that had already seen it uh, there was a, another special showing, I think, on the 8th uh, that a few people got into, and mm-hmm. I had heard it was good. Uh, so I said, okay, great, it's good. And I got to, I walked into the theater, there was this huge line to go see the screening, mm. and uh, I was texting this woman that was coordinating the screening, and she said, uh, you guys already signed up, walk past the line to the door and say, I'm with Sidefest, and they will let you in to get your seats. It was incredible. I felt like I should have been wearing a suit. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I walked in and I got amazing seats up at the top in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. I went, you know, it was it was the ideal movie experience. There were no like previews that I had to sit through. There was there was nothing. It was a screening. It was incredible. And I don't get to do that a lot. Um, nice. So it, it was the initial experience was amazing. The experience itself. Uh, mm-hmm. Then, you know, getting to the actual movie was it, it was fun. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to say that about the other live action movies. Right. I had fun watching it. Um, and I could tell who the robots were. Yes. The, I, I've said this has been my, my entire review for the movie so far was mm-hmm. I got everything I wanted out of a Transformers live action movie in the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. So it, it was it was just so cool because uh, w- without getting too spoilerly, mm-hmm. the intro was literally just here's Cybertron and here's yep. all your favorite characters fighting. Right. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> I was so excited. And, and that, that wasn't the whole movie, of course, but there right. were a couple really good scenes where I was just like, this is incredible. The rest of the movie was good, but mm-hmm. that was definitely the best part for me. Um, but uh, coming out of the movie, I said, I can't tell if that was like a really good movie mm-hmm. or if it was just mediocre and compared to the other ones, it was amazing. Yeah. I did. I, I did not like the other movies at all. Sure. But I, I went into this movie and I said, you know, there are probably one or one or uh, one. Here's my bingo sheet of like racist and sexist jokes that I'll have to sit through in this movie. Mm-hmm. And there weren't any. 
And that that's incredible to me. That is such a low bar, but it was incredible. <laughs> I, I didn't have to sit through anybody peeing on anybody else. Right. I didn't have to sit through racist caricatures. I didn't have to watch the only female character we had die after not saying anything. Right. And R.C. was there. Yeah. She was there, and she was alive, and she looked like R.C., and she didn't die instantly. <laughs> I was amazed. It was everything I wanted from a Transformers movie. The bar was really low, but they mm-hmm. met it. Um, I, I, I really, 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 I, I was really happy with the movie is what I'm trying to say. No. I'm making it sound bad. But it, it it was pretty good. I really liked it. No, I, I liked Charlie, which is amazing because mm-hmm. I never liked the human characters. Charlie sure. was fun. Uh, her love, her quote unquote love interest, because you know he was there. I liked him a lot. Yeah. Um, John Cena's character was fine. I didn't have any major opinions about him. Right. Uh, but I, I I loved Bumblebee, which is which is you know it's his movie and mm-hmm. they did him really well. It's hard to portray a character that does not talk. Mm-hmm. And they did a really good job. Um, I, I feel like they uh, Prime did a really good job of that because Bumblebee didn't talk at all, and they did amazing things with his animations. Yes. And this movie also managed that. Um, I recently read that they uh, contracted with, if I'm saying this correctly, Leica Studios, mm, yeah. uh, which does the stop-motion animation. Uh, and they're actually local to this area, too, which I think is neat. Um, and they worked with them to uh, storyboard Bumblebee's animations. Oh. Which, well, the, the- the director is uh, head of Leica. Okay, see, that's, I didn't know that. That makes the connection. Sense. So he, he got people that did the storyboards that he is used to working with. Because he gotcha. did like Caroline and, and Box Trolls and uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Right. So he's right. at his studio. I didn't know that, so that makes more sense. But it, it was really cool. I just love hmm. seeing, you know, it, it's hard to portray a character that doesn't talk and to right. portray their emotions and what they're thinking and feeling. And they did that really well. Uh, I I loved the bits with the radio and how he managed that, mm-hmm. and it was just it was so much fun to watch. And like I said, I haven't had fun watching a movie <laughs> like that, you know. Yeah, it was awesome. I really really enjoyed it. That's my hot take. I I love it. <laughs> well, and and this uh this will kind of get into something that we'll talk about in just a little bit. But um yeah, Liz, I was very I was very interested to see what your take uh, specifically on that that first kind of cold open prologue uh, sequence was because we're we're kind of at a a weird spot in the Transformers media and in the fandom where we're leaning really, really hard into G1 nostalgia. And there's mm-hmm. there's some debate in the community of whether that's the right move or if it's too much. And, you know, everybody's mileage may vary. But as uh, I mean, I I really enjoyed it. And I'm I'm glad that that you enjoyed it so much as well. That's uh, that's that's really cool. Yeah, I think they're calling them now the evergreen designs uh, for the G1 kind of aesthetic with, you know, Bumblebee's got little horns and, uh, you know, you can tell who the characters are as opposed to, uh, for example, Soundwave, Mm -hmm. who looked totally different in Prime. Right. And and Prime was my first exposure. So I saw Soundwave and I said, yeah, that's Soundwave. And then I saw, you know, real Soundwave and I was like, oh, that's Soundwave. Ah. Okay. But, you know, now I'm, I'm... Kind of, you know, I I'm definitely way more exposed to the rest of the, you know, Prime is, you know, kind of lower on my list now, okay. um, and I I see all these designs and I I you know the new takes are really cool on the characters mm-hmm. and I, I think they're neat and I think I'm in the minority on that opinion, 
but I, I, I like seeing how they interpret characters. Mm-hmm. But seeing seeing the evergreen designs in the Bumblebee movie was it was it was really cool. Mm-hmm. And and I've had that problem before watching the live action films where I'm not sure who's who. Yeah, they're all just kind of big balls of metal. Yeah, gray um, gray robots beating up on each other. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, we came to Bumblebee movie and we had Bumblebee, who is clearly Bumblebee. We've never really had that problem before. Right. But then we get to the scenes with the G1 characters. And like I said, we have RC and we mm-hmm. can see that's RC. That's that's what she looks like. There's RC, there's Optimus, there's Shockwave, there's Soundwave, there's mm-hmm. all the Seekers. And mm-hmm. it was really cool to see. Yeah. There was the whole thing with Blitzwing, but he was kind of one and done, so I didn't care. Sure. But it it was cool. I really liked seeing those characters and knowing who they were. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, my, my feeling on it is... Uh, I tuned it in with the movie. Uh, I had heard the good reviews, and so my my view on the live action movies is they're their own thing. Yeah, I've gone to see them all. I've been entertained by them, but I they are not movies I would recommend people see. Like if somebody goes, "Hey, would you recommend the live action Transformers movies?" I'd be like, only if you really like just over the top, mindless sci-fi action if you're a big Transformer fan maybe but you're there's a 50-50 chance whether you like it or hate it sure and I said, but, but with this movie with Bumblebee I can truly say I would recommend this movie it's got a lot of heart it's got a lot of character it's uh, it, it I mean it, the G1 battle on Cybertron was awesome sure um, and uh, my only issue with it is it felt like those it felt like almost two different movies, though. Yeah. Because none of those designs really looked like what they looked like when they went to Earth. So, like, when Shatter and Dropkick came to Earth, they didn't look like anything like they showed on Cybertron. They just looked like more of the movie design aesthetic. But, yeah. That's, like, my biggest, like, negative view of it is, like, it felt like those characters came from the live-action movies, whereas Bumblebee was, like, I'm from this other alternate G1 universe. And so, uh, but yeah, I love, I love the human characters. I thought the humor was great. I could have, I don't think the, the swear words were necessary. They could have come without it. Yeah. And I didn't think the, uh, um, some of the violence towards the robots was, some of it was a little over the top and it felt a little bit like trying to be edgy for the Michael Bay crowd. Yeah. But it didn't have to be that way. So if it's a little disrupted with its tone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in the end, I, I walked away going, that was a lot of fun. And I enjoyed it. And, like, it's just, it's hard to, to know whether a movie is really good on its own merit or if it's good in comparison to what you're expecting from yeah. what given in the past. So. Yeah, and and nostalgia is a savory spice too, right? You know, and it's right. and you know, and and I mean, th- this is something that you know, like uh, uh, fans have been debating since before the movie came out. You know, like how much is too much, and you know, uh, there's there's uh, reports that I mean, like initially there was the perception that all the Cybertron stuff was tacked on. 
Um, and then it's like, well, then it wasn't tacked on because it kind of ties in organically with the rest of the movie. But yet there's reports of like uh, test screenings that that basically it starts with Bumblebee already on Earth. So it's like, you know, and, and you couple that with like uh, uh, Lorenzo uh, De Beneventura's uh, comments about like, you know, why are people not saying it's a prequel because it's very clearly a prequel and and all of that other stuff that, you know, like uh, fans all across the, the fandom have been unpacking. Uh, but I mean, regardless of all that, it's just a fun movie. And, it really is. Yeah. And I don't know. I just uh I, I'm I'm excited to see where uh they go in the future. You know, to yeah. just depends upon what what aesthetic they stick with, you know, whether whether we're sticking with uh, the evergreen designs or if we're, you know, maybe now now that the that can of worms is opened a little bit, you know, maybe we can go back to being a little more experimental with, uh, you know, because like, I mean, Liz, something you had mentioned, I mean, like, you know, uh, uh, Soundwave from Transformers Prime is a is a violent departure from from classic Soundwave. Oh, absolutely. And and you know, I think maybe there's there's opportunities to, you know, get a get a little creative but still kind of have our toes in it. I'm I'm kind of rambling absolutely. and getting uh, far afield there, but uh, no, uh but I mean that's the whole idea of like when you know, at one point are you just kind of rehashing the same thing over and over again versus right. you know, and I view these the creators of these different shows. I mean we've had we've had Beast Wars, we've had Prime, we've had animated, we have Cyberverse, robots in disguise. We've had all these different interpretations right. of these characters, and it's like you know, the, the closer they stick to G one, the less it feels like these artists, whether they're the drawers, the writers, or the directors, or any of them, have a whole lot of creative input. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, on one hand, it's like I've seen G one that was ninety eight episodes back in nineteen eighty four. Now let's see what they do with the same thing with with the same concept of transforming robots mm-hmm. and try to see how they can make it different or more interesting or take the best parts of G1 and bring them back. And, um, but my favorite, two favorite uh, iterations of Transformers as far as storytelling mm-hmm. has been Transformers Animated, which is a very stylized version, though a lot of the characters are reminiscent of G1 yeah. versions of characters, but Bumblebee was very sarcastic and kind of a smart mouth and all that, not the, you know, innocent little trooper like he is in G1, and Beast Wars, which had very little um, as far as connection to G1 characters, except for that its timeline is connected to G1. Right. And so it's like, if, if we didn't, if we didn't have these uh, creators exploring different approaches, we wouldn't have gotten Beast Wars. Right, which might have, which, which means Transformers may have been something that never reignited, or we wouldn't have gotten animated. Which is, mm-hmm. I think, a lot of you know, several, quite a few fans are a big fan of the storytelling, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't have had characters like Windblade coming out, or some of these other um, characters that have popped Bulkhead and uh, Lockdown, and some of these other characters that have come about uh, because of these different storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we want the familiar, but we also crave freshness too. And so yeah. it's that weird balance. And you know, 
these are people just trying to create something to entertain us. And sometimes it's really successful, sometimes it's not. Uh, I, you know, I really enjoyed Robots in Disguise, the the cartoon. I, mm-hmm. I have, I like Cyberverse. I'm not liking it as much as Robots in Disguise. But oh, I'm the other I'm way like, around. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm I'm watching it with my son, so it's it's kind of interesting to see how his take on it is uh, versus me. And I think I think the ten minute or uh, fifteen minutes uh, format for the series is hard for me because I think I, it's like it just starts to get into the story and then it ends. Oh, okay. Continued later, and I like I want to see more of the story happen, and I think that's probably one of the big reasons why I'm I'm not liking as much. I want half hour shows instead of. Uh, little fifteen minute segments. Interesting. Well, and and that and that kind of brings us into uh, kind of our our um, larger conversation about just kind of fandom in general. And you know, we're we're kind of in that already. In that, like, we're we're in a in a very interesting time for Transformers fandom because there's there's so much different stuff but as we alluded to earlier there's there's a there's also that hard lean um into g1 and uh i i don't know if i've asked straight out but um do you folks think that that's that's a good thing or a bad thing um that that we are kind of you know kind of doubling down on the evergreen designs i mean especially you know with uh you know war for cybertron siege and you mm-hmm. know and and that that really kind of and and obviously that uh the aesthetic of the bumblebee movie it it really seems like we're doubling and tripling down on uh on G1 and yeah I was just wondering as you know as fans on kind of uh, um, uh, different ends of the spectrum uh, is that a good thing? I think um, it, it's it's tough because you know every every iteration every year every couple of years you're going to get new fans mm-hmm. right? new kids that are into it and so whatever show they start out is their is their connection to it and they may visit one of these other older series and love that more but but it's still like this is their first exposure to Transformers and so it feels like the, the G1 aesthetic is well the kids don't know the difference between these this iteration and all the other iterations of it mm-hmm. but the, the old fans tend to prefer that classic G1 styling mm-hmm. and so it's like trying to appease them as well as just say well the kids aren't going to know the difference and so we'll just kind of create a new series that uses the same characters that everyone else is familiar with and we'll just keep that as that that common thread through all the series I mean that's why we have Optimus Prime always leader and Bumblebee almost since um, basically since the movies has been a very very big part of the series mm-hmm. and a huge part with Robots in Disguise and Cyberverse and um you know, and now they're really going hard on on Windblade and bringing her as a prominent character. Um, she was like a, a character that just appeared a few times in Robots in Disguise, but she was a, a more significant character in the comics, and now she's a main character in um, Cyberverse. And so it's kind of like okay, they're, they're, it feels like they're playing both sides. Mm, and, okay. And I think because it's like okay, we're going to keep the G1 aesthetic for the G1 fans, and then try to bring in these new characters and give them um, you know the personalities and stuff that will help fill 
differences. But I, I think, you know, like I said, it, there's versions of these characters. Like Bumblebee has changed so much over yeah. the years. You know, he's been the, the scout. You know, in in uh, animated, he was very sarcastic. In Prime, he was, you know, a, a, a soldier. Um, in Robots in Disguise, he was the unlikely leader. And now uh, Cyberverse, he's kind of like not sure who he is, and he's mm-hmm. trying to rediscover who he is. So he's kind of had a bunch of different versions. And then the obviously the the mute Bumblebee of Prime and 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 the movie. And it's so it's like if we just stayed with the he's just the little scout uh, little brother character, we wouldn't have gotten all these other versions of it. So it's like for me, I like being open to the different interpretations mm-hmm. and guessing all my other. Like, G1 doesn't change. G1 is always going to be G1. I can watch the 1984 series whenever I want. So these new versions are just new perspectives, new ways to to reinvent these characters without... It doesn't change anything in the past. Mm-hmm. And so I think... I, I'm, I'm more about, like, let's see what things they can do with it without um, without the boundaries and see where, see where they go sure. with it. Okay, um, so uh, how about you, Liz? Where uh, where do you stand on on some of this? So I think Hasbro's trying a lot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing that with the trading card game. We're seeing that with the reboot of the IDW comics. We're seeing that with Bot Bots. Um, I think they're trying to establish an identity for themselves uh, while being something for everyone uh, and without without losing the old fans. We have uh, you know just a lot of different markets they're trying to appeal to but I don't think they want to be several different people. I think they're trying to establish their audience and I think they're trying to leave it open to new audiences. Um, for example, when Bop Bop came out, I was confused. I think they're cute. I think they're adorable, but mm-hmm. they, they really didn't feel like Transformers. They felt like maybe Shopkins or Grocery Gang. Um, and I, I think that's a market that they're, you know, they definitely need to tap into a little bit more because you know, older collectors aren't really buying the Rescue Bots Academy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have to kind of, you know, hit that, that market without relying on a TV show to sell it. And, uh, but the Evergreen stuff is, I, I think it's a good thing. Um, I, I definitely agree with Ben on uh, they, they should not uh, limit themselves to it. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I do enjoy seeing new interpretations of the characters. Uh, I really enjoyed RC's Prime portrayal. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do like her original design. Um, but I, I, you know, the Soundwave design in Prime was cool. Mm-hmm. I don't mind them branching out to other stuff because it can go, it can go really, really right, like in Beast Wars and animated. But it can also go kind of wrong, uh, like in the Bay movies. Sure. But uh, the evergreen designs, I think, are they're a good idea, um, and I, I'm really excited to see how it goes because uh, I, I do like. Uh, I'm, I'm a teacher. I teach daycare. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of those kids, they love Transformers. And I like being able to relate to the same Transformers as they are without being like, oh, you know, which Prowl are you talking about? Are you talking about animated Prowl? Are you talking about this or that? Because I start sounding like, they, you know, they have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> They're like, I don't know. I just like Bumblebee. Right. What do you want? But they, you know, we can all talk about the same characters mm-hmm. without it being 80 different things. Because I can talk about you know, IDW Bumblebee, and I, I say, oh, yeah, Bumblebee, who is friends with Optimus Prime, and they're like, yeah, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's cool that we 
you know, can have these evergreen designs and we know the characters and it's not 80 different characters uh, from 80 different universes. Right. And I think Hasbro explored that a little bit with the aligned continuity and they didn't do it the right way and it, it became a jumbled up mess mm-hmm. and they kind of abandoned it. Um, so I'm interested to see what they do with this evergreen thing. Yeah. It's yeah, it's interesting because I, you know, regarding the aligned continuity, it's like I, I, I've been told that like, you know, if you squint hard enough and turn your head at the right angle, it kind of matches up, but still yeah. really kind of doesn't. <laughs> so I think I think they were like, yeah, yeah it all they... goes together. I swear. And then it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like it, it is like rescue bots. And robots in disguise. There were many times that appeared in Rescue Bots for an episode, mm-hmm. and one of the characters from Rescue Bots appeared in Prime. And the story. Oh, they would of, die in Prime. Huh? They would die Prime, in I mean, Prime. No, no, no. I mean, uh, Rescue Bots appeared in. Uh, yeah, robots in disguise, and then Prime was. And then robots in disguise was a continuation for Prime, even though it was a different story. So they have these little. But it didn't felt like one thing. They tried. It didn't work. Yeah. It's like it's so I think they're trying to strike a middle now. Yeah. I gotcha. Where they, they allow themselves to do different continuities, but with the same characters. Right. Okay. Well, let's uh let's move on a little bit, but but kind of still well, I mean still kind of like in the in the same uh category of fandom though because I I wanted to talk about inclusivity and I wanted to uh definitely uh loop Liz in on this as well because like I uh you know, I obviously the IDW continuity just recently ended, but um it's it's been celebrated as, you know, especially Lost Light and More Than Meets the Eye before that, you know, as uh, been celebrated as some of the most progressive uh, Transformer storytelling uh, to date, but it doesn't begin and end with that. There's a, you know, it's like, I was just kind of like thinking about this a little bit, you know, it's uh, we're, we're seeing all kinds of uh, progressive storytelling and inclusivity uh, all across the, the fiction. And I was wondering if, uh, if you'd like to touch on that for a few. How angry am I allowed to make people? Oh, you know, go, swing for the fences. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'm a younger fan. I mm-hmm. am a queer female. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not fit in uh, with the with the G1 fans. I, I try. I enjoy G1. It is not. It, it's not for me. Sure. It's not. It was not at all directed at gay women. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's for men. It is a show for a man. It is it is. That's its that's its target audience, and that's fine. That's not I'm not you know going to say you can't have shows, <laughs> but I, I would like to have women in there that are not just there to be fought over by Hot Rod and Springer. Um, so when it came around to Lost Light, which was uh, kind of I'm trying to find the right wording here, it was it felt like I was allowed to enjoy it Mm. without having to fight for my place there. Whereas when I come to the G1 fans, I I definitely do not feel like I belong and it's hard to gain my space. I I do not, you know, I feel like I have to fight a lot to be there, Mm -hmm. Um, which which is fine. I feel like I've definitely reached that point for myself. 
um, because here I am organizing a convention. Right. But, you know, it took a lot to get here. Um, But Lost Light was a place where it was kind of like, oh, this is a comic that I can enjoy without having to fight for my space to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and Prime 2 was... RC was definitely, she was a character. She had her own interests. She had her own goals. She, she, you know, she had a personality. And, and that's not to trash on RC or anything. They've done amazing things with RC. Oh, yeah. She has been an amazing character in the comics recently, and she's been an amazing character in other media. Um, she was not really a character in Bumblebee, but I was excited to see her not die. Uh, whereas Bay said, uh, he, he I, I think he justified his killing RC without her talking as like, uh, I, I didn't like her personality was what he said because and that, that I get so mad about that I'm about to get really heated because he didn't keep anyone else's personality yeah if he, if he didn't like her personality he could have changed it just like but, everyone uh, else in the movies no I, I I'm 100% there with you but please continue anyways sorry without getting uh, too mad <laughs> uh, it's I, I'm really really excited mm-hmm. about all these new directions because I my biggest fandoms are two big fandoms that I have to fight for space in, and that's Transformers and Star Wars. Sure. And Star Wars has made a lot of people mad recently. Mm-hmm. I I have my problems with the new stuff, but I really enjoy it. It's, you know, there's, I feel like I have a place here now, you know, and I feel like I don't have to fight for my place here, mm-hmm. which I think is an incredible, incredible thing. So that's my take on inclusivity in Transformers media. I think people should be able to enjoy fiction without having to fight for a space in it. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I, and I really appreciate that insight. That's uh, that's that's why I... Well, and, and really, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Liz, a lot of that... I spurned that question on from, like, uh, some of the stuff I've seen you post. And it's like, it's <laughs> like sure no, I, I'm like, I want to jab the bear on this because she's got something to say and I want to make sure she gets the opportunity to say it. So, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. And because, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, let me ask you this while, uh, you know, before before we move on to uh, different topics. Um, uh, so Lost Light and the uh, previous continuity is ended. We've seen solicitations for... Uh, the relaunched IDW series. We don't really know much about it, but I think one of the things that I was afraid of is that, you know, when once we kind of close the door on that, are we also closing the door on all of the uh, progress that, uh, that um, specifically that run, uh, Lost Light and More Than Meets the Eye made? Uh, what's your take on that do you do you do you feel like it's going to be more of the same in the comics or um are are things going to be more progressive than than uh than we might think on the surface um i'm interested to see where it goes i'm not going into the new story Mm -hmm. with there better be gay people in here i'm gonna be mad sure sure i'm going in with i really hope the story is good Mm -hmm. and if if there are if there are is a good amount of representation i'm excited i'm not worried about female representation anymore because we've gotten there and i'm really excited about it we have women transformers mm-hmm. and the people now they're saying they're robots they don't have gender shut up they aren't there anymore they're no one listens to them right Windblade's right. a girl they have they you know there are girl transformers mm-hmm. that's not a thing i'm it's worried still about a minority unfortunately yes there's there, still only there just can a be few a lot more done like, yeah but i have a place 
as a female. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As as a queer woman, um, I'm interested to see if they're going to take that step. Um, I, I'm don't again. I don't feel like I have to fight for that place in Transformers anymore. Yeah. I, I, I'm really happy with the things they've done recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think, you know, there are people that are mad about it, but I think they're the minority now, and that makes me excited. Yeah. If you're mad about gay Transformers, uh, I don't care. Go away. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they're robots. Um, and I, I'm with, with you, Liz, on all this. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, I have a, a huge amount of friends that are gay and stuff, and I have friends that are various uh, ethnicities and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I feel like, as a white male, ninety percent of things are represented. I'm represented almost always. Yeah. And so everyone should feel like they are represented in the media that they enjoy, mm-hmm. and the fact yeah. that it's taken this long to start having main characters that are black or Asian or gay or any of that is is ridiculous. And then to have people complain about it, like, so you're complaining that it's not just another white guy. Right. And it's like, no, we, we want, if we just see the same thing over and over again, it just becomes boring. I want, I want the media and our entertainment to reflect our, our world, which is not just one color and one type of one orientation, one perspective. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think, and I think it's, I think it's getting there. And I think the, the comics have really helped kind of show that there's, there are more than just warrior here. robots. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just, it's more than just, I'm a soldier. I battle. I win. Story over. It's got mm-hmm. a lot more to it, and it's and I hope that the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hope the comics. It's a story continue, now. Continue that, and um, and you know, with Liz saying like, you know, G one isn't for her, but you know, my perspective is, while the series wasn't made for you, as far as I'm concerned, as a fan of G one, you are my friend. I'm here for you, and right. therefore. You know, you belong because I say you belong. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want uh, the 80s mentality of storytelling to dissuade you from the fact that there are people that that not only accept you you for who you are, but will embrace it and and really want you to be in their lives and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, the media one those storytellings that has happened are happened you know we can't we can't change that right so let's let's focus on being uh, more even more inclusive um, and stuff because the people who are complaining about the inclusivity and and mm-hmm. not um, and and complaining about there being too much of it are the very people that have been represented constantly yeah so and them being upset by not being represented yet again is is frustrating because mm-hmm. here's all these other people that are like you know why why can't a you know why can't we have an indian main character and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. um and it was really cool like uh like the character of blades from rescue bots was voiced by an by an indian man 
who actually got, I got to meet when they had at BotCon all the Rescue Bot cast. And he kind of, you know, there was like one one African American and one Indian guy and stuff like that. So it was a little bit of little bit of uh, diversity on there, but mm-hmm. uh, but everybody was super cool and stuff. So it's like I want to I want to see more of that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's my hope. I think it's important to note too that that the you know cishet white man has not lost their representation either. Right. You you have not you know there's there's been no space lost for them. They're still there. It's not exactly. like we're we're not kicking them out. We are just adding ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Right, so, and that's the that's the weird thing is the the people that are against it seem to act like they're now no longer represented. It's like yeah, you're still represented like fifty percent of the time maybe or more. Mm-hmm. But you're know, you're still represented. What's the what's the complaint? But it's just like it's all or nothing for some of these people. And you know what? I'm I'm with I'm with Liz and yeah. she's like go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go go you, go. You, you, you've had your media. <laughs> We're about to be gay now. Get over it. Yeah, there yes. it is. Well, and 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 something that that came across uh, uh, my purview uh, recently earlier this week. I don't I don't know if you folks watch uh, uh, Transformers: The Basics on YouTube, uh, Chris McFeely stuff, but he uh, uh, recently did an episode on Acid Storm, the uh, the green one, <laughs> the Green Seeker. Oh, yes, and it's a uh, it and there's there's since then there's been a lot of interesting conversation because of the way Acid Storm is. Is portrayed in Cyberverse because I know I'm so excited. Yeah, and and uh, so I mean, just to catch everybody up uh, and spoilers for for that episode of the basics, which I'll have a link to in the show notes. But but I'm really excited about it because um, so uh, I don't watch Cyberverse a lot, um, but I, so so this one kind of flew over my head at first. But uh, Acid Storm is vo- voiced by a female actress, female voice actress, but because of the animation models there you know there are female seekers and there are male seekers and from episode to episode it changes and and there's there's been discussion about that whether whether it's animation error or whether it's supposed to be there but what i what i've been seeing like in the comments and stuff it's like well that's just how acid storm identifies and just what how how they be you know that that's that's just what they want to do, and and I think I think that's 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 either very very clever or accidentally very very clever. Either way, I I think it's kind of cool as a you know thought provoking uh, uh, example of kind of where um, you know where where inclusivity and and identity can be in these uh, in these transforming robot stories. I. I'm very excited about Acid Storm. I think it's almost definitely an animation error rather than intentional. Mm-hmm. But I think it's amazing that we're having the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there is definitely a possibility that it could be intentional uh, because Marigard Scott is one of the main writers on there, and she is very good about inclusivity. That's a good point. Um, and I, I believe she's recently spoken on uh, having uh, more queer characters in media. Mm-hmm. especially in Transformers. Uh, and she has a lot of uh, projects she does that aren't Transformers where she has a lot of that. Um, but she's also done a lot for Transformers as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'd love to see them maybe acknowledge it in some way. I don't have high expectations that they will. Um, but it, it would be interesting to see what they if they acknowledge it at all, if they 
uh, quote unquote, fix it next season. Mm. Um, I I want to see what happens with the rest of the show when the second season comes out um, before I mistakenly label any Transformers identities. Um, right. And that was supposed to come across as a joke, but it, it was uh, <laughs> it was half serious. I, I'm yeah. interested to see how what they do with it because I think at this point it's an animation error. Yeah. But I think they also have an opportunity to address this and continue with it without being over the top about gender identity in children's cartoons. Yeah, and that's and that's the tough thing because you got people who are very outspoken against representing this stuff in a children's cartoon, mm-hmm. and and then you have people who are like, you know, it's not a big deal. Like some of my closest friends is a gay couple, and my son hangs around them all the time, and it's like he's never once asked why are these two men married. It's just that's just normal, mm. and so. It's it's normal if you're just treated as normal, and yeah. that that some people have different gender identities, mm-hmm. and if that's just just the way they are and accept it, then there's not a problem. But but people make it a problem, mm-hmm. and and I and I think I I think if it was intentional, they're probably not going to come out and say it because yeah. they don't Absolutely. want they don't want the backlash from um, the from the people who are against yeah. that. Yeah, and but you know. I, I could see them going, hey, why don't we just kind of retcon this stuff in? And, and this was really what we were talking about, but we're not going to actually say we're, this is what we're doing. And, and there's a lot of times there's like little hidden hidden things mm-hmm. in shows that are for the adults or, or stuff yeah. like that. And why not have a little bit of, you know, gender politics gender and stuff robot. like that? Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's I mean, this is... The, they're supposed to represent an entire society, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just, this is just a military society. It's, they have a life. This is an entire world that is filled with characters of all different uh, dispositions. And so why not, why wouldn't there be characters that have this kind of uh, uniqueness to them? And, like, you know, you why, why is do it? A whole other <laughs> podcast on Transformers gender politics. Oh, man. I'm here for that. I oh. have a whole list. <laughs> I, I, gender I, politics. That I, I love it. I love it. I, I, you're on. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, get something on the books uh, sometime down the road because, I mean, this is, this is fertile ground for, uh, for conversation and really kind of within my own peer group. I, uh, you know, I, I, I talk a lot uh, with my friends from the Autopod Decepticast who are um, also uh, over 40 year old white guys. You know, so it's it so it, so it's a lot of sameness. So I I I find this um, uh, avenue of the conversation incredibly interesting because I uh, you know I, I I was a huge fan of what James Roberts was doing in More Than Meets the Eye. I mean, you even just like you know uh, when when it was just the the beginnings of uh, coupling uh, Chrome Dome and Rewind. I I thought that was interestingly enough. You you know as as storytelling device but then as the series continued and then obviously developed into lost light you know where we have you know we we we've even gotten to a point progressively where we have trans characters in transformers and i and i just i i i think it's i think it's incredibly special and it's cool that you know 
there's this tapestry of uh, transforming war robots from space where you can tell these stories that that it might not be as good of a fit in another fiction. Um, and I think I think Transformers, just by its very nature, lends itself to this style of storytelling. And and yeah, I mean, it's it's taken us a long time to get there, but I'm glad we're here. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. And hopefully it continues. Absolutely. And, yeah. And so that it, I, I'm, I'm hoping it continues to the point where it's not a, a conversation of like, why aren't they including more? And it's just it's just this is the way it is. Absolutely. Because, that is that and, is and the that, goal. Yeah, and I think that's the goal for for all minorities and mm-hmm. and people of different orientations, especially with the LGBTQ community. I mean, there's that, that's a lot of people that aren't that aren't represented, mm-hmm. and if they are represented, sometimes it's not represented positively. And it's so, like I said, it's it's having to fight for my place in a fandom versus just feeling like I belong there. Exactly. Exactly, and, and I, I'm as far as I'm concerned, if you're a Transformers at the point. fan, yeah, you're a Transformer fan. You belong. There it is. I think so. That's my view. I think, but I think it's exciting that Transformers is at that point now, where women and uh, different LGBT identities mm-hmm. and identities, just in general. I, I'm a white woman. I can't speak on race a lot. Sure. Um, but I, I think it's amazing that I don't feel like I have to fight for a place, mm-hmm. and I feel like Transformers is at a place where no one does really. Right. It's, People are welcome, and I think uh, Sidefest is really. Um, I'm, I'm not going to uh, force anybody to be like Sidefest is the gay Transformers convention. <laughs> but uh, it's. I feel like once we get more artists in the door, which is one of my big goals this year, mm-hmm. we're going to have a, a lot more. Uh, we're we're going to show people that this is not just a show for this one particular group of friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is a show for Transformers fans in the Pacific Northwest, no matter what walk of life you come from. This is not a convention for over thirty. This is a convention for families. This is a convention for people that just moved here from Indiana. This is a convention for uh, someone who has been a fan uh, since the old, old, old Marvel comics came out before the cartoon. This is and also fans for somebody who's just discovering it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is it's it's a Transformers convention for Transformers fans. This is not for any one specific kind of Transformers fan. Sidefest is the welcoming Transformer convention. We want to welcome everybody. Right, exactly. I love it. And and as a reminder, uh, Sidefest Northwest 2019, that is going to be July 27th. Uh, that's uh, still a couple months away, uh, but that is going to be at the Kent Commons Community Center. We'll, uh, we'll definitely be talking about that more. Uh, but before that, uh, Liz, do you want to remind us um, uh, one more time about Sidefest's presence at Kick Off the Cons 2 coming up this weekend? Uh, this weekend, kick off the cons, uh, January 19th, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Renton Technical College. Sidefest will have a booth there. We'll be there with Matt Draws Robots, who does some amazing Transformers mm-hmm. art. Um, we're going to have some games. We're going to have a raffle of a... Ben, can I say what the toy is? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I am personally donating a, a Mastermind Creations reformatted Eupatorium, uh, which is their take on Alita 1. Uh, oh. which is a very, very cool toy. Mm-hmm. It is not a cheap toy. Uh, you have to be there to win. You have to come to kick off the cons. This is not something you can enter over Facebook. Um, it is, it's it's a very, very cool toy. I'm sad to give it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's. I am so excited for kick off the cons. So <laughs> it's worth it. 
I, I love that. And and that is a killer figure. I mean, like I said, I'm just uh I, I haven't actually purchased or own any third party figures yet but i've uh, i i've got a, a buddy my uh, my friend aaron who hosts the autopod decepticast he's you know he's kind of you know kind of reeling me in and uh and yeah so i so i've seen that particular figure and it is it is pretty sweet That's... it's a slippery slope you gotta be careful because yeah you know, once you get <laughs> I'm um, glad I got out when I did. <laughs> it, it the third party stuff is gorgeous. Yeah. It, and yeah. it really is something. I mean, like, you know, a uh, uh, way, way off topic, but currently I'm, I, I'm, I'm weighing my options of what uh, baby's first th- third party might be. I'm looking at the, uh, uh, the competing Optimus Primes that are out there as kind of like uh, an answer to MP44 because I don't have $400 to buy MP44. <laughs> um, so oh, do we want to get into that argument too? No, <laughs> I, I mean, I would love to. And, and I think I think we've seeded at least two or three other uh, um, uh, podcast discussions uh, for for the future. I think uh, I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun as the uh, as the months go on as we uh, as we get ever closer uh, to Cybefest Northwest 2019. I just I feel it in my bones. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. But uh, oh, absolutely. And and let's so let's keep it there for now um, because uh, there was um, there was something that that you folks wanted to put out uh, specifically to folks that were listening today uh, with regards to interacting with uh, with SideFest on uh, Facebook, right? Absolutely. Uh, we would like to start our collector spotlights again. Uh, if you have a collection that you would like to show off, which I know you all do, because my collection is tiny and I want everyone to see it. And you guys <laughs> have incredible, huge rooms full of Transformers and I want to show that off, and Ben wants to show that off, and Jason wants to show that off. Our entire, you know, people want to see this stuff. It's incredible. Please send me pictures of your photos, uh, pictures of your Transformers. Uh, pictures of photos, I guess, are fine, but I'm looking for Transformers mostly. Um, but uh, show us that so we can put it on the Facebook page and hype people up for SideFest and for your dealer tables. And uh, you can send those to info at SideFestNW uh, at uh, dot com. Sorry, I'm not good at reading emails out. <laughs> I I understand. <laughs> well, and I'll I'll have that info in the show notes as well. So like you know, as like as you're listening to this podcast, as you're as you're on like your morning jog or driving to work and don't have something to write on, uh, go ahead and just go through the uh, uh, click on the show notes and and that uh, that info will be there as well. Because um, I I. Mm-hmm. I, I remember, like when I when I first discovered Sidefest, I was I was going through you know like the old Facebook posts and seeing like some of those uh, uh, older uh, collector spotlight uh, photos. So I think uh, you know I, I'm going to start figuring out how I can group some of my robots together so I can uh, so I can <laughs> contribute some photos as well because like you know I've I've uh, I've been picking up those uh, Walmart reissues. So it's like I've oh, got some cool. boxes that I can I can shove together and and I, I got some other goodies as well uh um and i i get the feeling uh over the next few months between uh side fest coming up and then later tf con 
Oh man, I think uh, I, I I appreciate the warning uh, that you folks have given me, and I will try to <laughs> heed it as possible. Uh, but yeah, I, I I get the feeling that my uh, Deltoffs are are gonna get uh gonna start getting filled up with uh, some more uh, robots. Um, are you are you going to TFCon? Yes. Yeah, yeah I think are. all three of us are going to TFCon. Oh, uh, my attendance at TFCon is entirely dependent on the government shutdown right now. Because my wife is a federal employee. Yeah. So right now, uh, our our spending has completely uh, been reduced to just essentials as we are living off our savings right now. So, because, mm. uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, it sucks, but it's. It's it's what we're dealing with, but yeah. uh, I'm hoping because I want to take my son to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike, you were talking about the reissues of the Walmart stuff. Yeah. I just had to share this thing. So, like, I told my story about the Bumblebee, yeah. and 1984 in my stocking was was G1 Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. So, because they reissued G1 Bumblebee this last Christmas, I put it in my son's stocking, Aww. and so he opened it up. Christmas morning, and, oh. and so he got his own G1 Bumblebee. So yeah, that was like kind of like this. You got wonderful, to recreate like, the that, experience. It's so awesome. That's oh so, yeah, that's that, amazing. That's really cool. That is so sweet. <laughs> the timing was perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, and and you know the the mini bots were really hard to find for the longest time. Um, yeah. yeah, and so yeah, I'm I'm glad that they uh, that they finally came out, and I you know it's interesting. It's like at, at a time you know we were talking about the fiction earlier. Um, you know, uh, a few years ago, I wouldn't have cared about a uh, swerve or tailgate figures. But now Absolutely. I love them. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, man. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that that I have, uh, you know, a, a carded swerve and tailgate, and I, I think that's, I, I, you know, I, I, not sure how Outback fits in in uh, in that assortment, but I'm really glad <laughs> that uh, that that specifically those two and and a, a cartoon faced bumblebee ended up in that assortment. I think I think that was great. He just plays it because Hugh Jackman's Australian, that he had, you know. Greatest showman, and so the popularity of Australian actors. Sure, (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) Oh my gosh! So, uh, so uh, now they have the more mini bots that are going to be coming out too. Workout and gears. Yeah. I, 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 like a kid. I bought mini bots as a son. So getting mini bots like in packages awesome to me. Well, and and it helped. It was a lower price point too. You know, yeah, and 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 there were so many of them. You know, I I I just remember that it's like you know it was almost like like the uh, Kenner Star Wars figures back in the day. You know, it's like uh, you know like they were super cheap, so you you could just just kind of load up on them. So right. Um, let's see, where was I going from that? Okay, yeah. So I uh um uh I I let myself get distracted a little bit because like we were we were talking about opening it up to local collectors or a- actually any any collectors that that want to share uh their their uh photos of their collection on the Cyberfest Northwest uh, Facebook page, the Collector Spotlight. But I wanted to put out artists as well. I want to point out artists. Yeah, artists and, and cosplayers. Also, please just show us anything Transformers that you want to show off. Because if you want to show it yeah. off, it's probably really cool. We're going to put a prior, you know, focus mainly on the Pacific Northwest people, the people that are going to be coming to the side fest. Yeah, I think uh, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll go through it, what we 
we get submitted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I wanted to tack on to that for for uh, myself because I would imagine a lot of folks listening to this podcast are folks that are either. Um, going to Sidefest or familiar with Sidefest or hopefully folks that are discovering this for the first time. But but something I, I wanted to put out there is if there are vendors and exhibitors specifically that that are participating in Sidefest and if you want to hype your stuff like you know just jump on with me for a couple minutes and talk about what you're going to have at your table i'd love to have you on the show um you know it, hit me up on the social medias at mike Seibert radio uh you can find me on uh, facebook twitter and instagram or you can write into the mailbag mike Seibert radio at gmail.com and the spelling on that is s-e-i-b-e-r-t uh no relation to sabertron at all even though they uh <laughs> they use that spelling as well i i don't understand the pronunciation swing how how but i'm gonna unpack that a different time but um but (laughs) but yeah no uh uh, sidefest northwest vendors exhibitors if you would like the opportunity to uh hype yourself you know um you know uh, artists cosplayers whatevers um and you'd like to spend a couple minutes on the show um you know like i i I mentioned this to uh liz and ben when we were talking pre-show um it's like you know the this particular podcast doesn't have what I would say like a lot of reach, but it's still a platform. So like if you participate with me, you can share the link, you know, on your Facebook or your Twitter or whatever and say, hey, I was on with this guy that was enthusiastic. Here you go. Check it out. You know, and I, I'm totally cool with that. And that's really that's really kind of my goal is I, you know, I, I I'm hoping to help and participate uh, a little more with uh, with Sidefest Northwest this year. And again, kind of offer this uh, a platform uh, for for folks that, you know, kind of want to help get the word out because we uh, we want to pack out the joint. That's that's really what the goal <laughs> is here is to to uh, stoke interest, uh, get people on board and just uh, just get as many people through the door as possible on uh, um I've switched my screen uh, on July 27th. I forgot what the date was for a sec. Uh, right. on, Ju- on July 27th, 2019, I had too many tabs open. Well, yeah, let me let me kind of piggyback on that. Yeah. You know, the more people that come, the bigger we can make the show. I mm-hmm. mean, right now we've been able to have some comic book artists come in as our guests, you know. And so the more that people are excited about Sidefest, if you can, if people like the show, they post it, recommend it to their friends that are uh, that that are interested in Transformers, and get them to come. And then the more people, the more money the dealers make, which is mm-hmm. great because that's what they're there for. The more stuff you get to walk home with, mm-hmm. um, and the bigger we can make the show for the future. Which means more activities, more panels, more special guests. Um, you know, we have TFCon, which is a big. Transformer fan convention that people travel to. Yep. So I don't know if we'll ever get to that size because there's already one that size. But you know, if we can make this even a little bit bigger for for just the local people, you know, we're going to try to keep that close fan family friend event, uh, family friendly event uh, is what we're going to keep uh, on doing. And and so yeah, so the the more that people talk about, it, the more they talk about it and recommend their friends to come the bigger we can get and 
the more we can add and stuff like that. And so yeah, with a, and then we can get voice actors. <laughs> with that, voice actors, you know, that's it's an expensive thing. Cause I tried. I, I reached out recently to try and uh, see if we could get some voice actors here. I had no idea how expensive it is to get voice actors to come to a con. Artists yeah. are artists are much more affordable, which is why we've stuck with artists. I think. Mm-hmm. But I, I had no idea. I was like, "Oh, right, this guy's local. He'd want to come." And he was like, "That'll be two thousand. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Yeah, they charge for. That's why they charge for autographs. But if you have a small show that's got three hundred people that come through. They know that not everyone's going to buy an autograph, and mm-hmm. so that the amount of money they make is very small. So that's why they go. They probably don't charge big like Emerald City Comic Con conventions because they know there's just a lot of foot traffic. So as we get more foot traffic, then we become right. a little bit more incentive. I don't know how TFCon is able to do all the G1 voice actors they're getting and stuff like that. Other than the fact that they're it's in California and that's where a lot of actors are. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's that's something we've always wanted to do is to bring in voice actors and stuff like that. But right now it's cost prohibitive. That would It would drain our bank account mm-hmm. for all the money that we need to actually reserve the venue and, and any advertising costs plus money out of our own personal accounts and stuff. And we've been trying to not we, – we, we dipped in our own accounts to start the show – and now we're basically letting the show sustain itself. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's the goal because you know my wife is very supportive of all this, but I can't justify taking thousands of dollars out of our our savings to to fund a convention. Right, <laughs> so, right. So you know it's yeah. it's a tough it's thing. Worth we, noting, we want to do nobody, everything the fans want. Yeah, the only people that make money off Sidefest are the vendors. Mm-hmm. No, no, none of the organizers are making money off of it. Everything we make goes back into a bank account for next year. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, because we, we want buy, full we guests. buy our raffle prizes and stuff like that, and uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's all going to paying for insurance, paying for the venue, and paying for advertising, and saving some, and trying to bring guests in. So. Nice. <laughs> well, it's it's going to be incredibly exciting. I I can't wait. For Cybefest proper, uh, happening on July 27th, um, I can't wait for kick off the cons uh, coming up uh, uh, this weekend on the 19th. Um, it's a it's a good time to be a Transformers fan, and I think it's a good time to be a Transformers fan in the Pacific Northwest here. What what, what do you think? Absolutely, I had nothing like this in Indiana. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're really kind of spoiled here in uh in, in the greater Seattle area. Just in, I mean, there, there's just such a vibrant fan community, you know, of all kinds of different fandoms. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's pretty great. So as a as we close out, um, let folks know uh, where they can find out more about Cybefest and how to uh, keep in touch with uh, the latest updates. So we have a website, www.cybefestnw.com. That's C-Y-B-F-E-S-T-N-W.com. And then we also have a Facebook group. We have uh, Twitter and stuff like that. So all those we links are, are on there. on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr under CybefestNW. That's right. There you go. Ooh. Well, and Ooh, and I if you it. have questions or, or ideas uh, that you want to uh, have us kind of just figure out whether or not like an idea of where to advertise or an idea for an activity 
by all means, send it to info at sidefestnw.com uh, or mm-hmm. uh, message uh, Liz or myself, and we uh, we will bring it up to the rest of the, the committee and, and see what we can do. But uh, we're always looking for other ideas on where to advertise, what to, what kind of activities to bring, and stuff like that. And just because we don't do what your idea is doesn't mean that we're not listening, and right. we try to be really respectful of that. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, uh, Liz, Ben, this is, this has been an absolute pleasure. This is this was a lot of fun. It really was. Thank you so much. <laughs> this is awesome. You're welcome. And, and uh, like I mentioned a couple times before, I, I'm really, uh, really excited uh, to do more of this and and to uh, uh, collaborate with uh, with the community because you know, like you know, we've talked a lot about the the fan community, and I'm I'm still pretty new to it myself, also, and and I've I've received nothing but welcome. So I'm just I I'm just I'm just really excited uh, to be on this uh, exciting journey along with you folks as well. Well, we really Thank appreciate you so much all your support. Us. Very good. So, and um, as a uh, before, I let you go. Um, were there any shout outs you wanted to give? And were um, uh, were there any other uh, social media handles that um, uh, that you wanted to shout out or put out? Um, as far as uh, I mean, I, we got all the side fest ones out okay. there. Uh, definitely a shout out to the to the whole organizing team. Uh, you know, Jason, who handles all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Rick handles the advertising. Um, Ryan and Randy both help out on the day of. Um, and so um, and then we have a bunch of volunteers, uh, like Jamal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've, got, we've got an amazing group of people that, that work. And I want to thank to all the people that have been following SideFest mm-hmm. over the years and the people who have been you know, offering ideas and suggestions and, you know, have been patient with us as we've kind of had our growing pains and as we've been kind of learning how to put on a convention mm-hmm. um, because this is the first time we've done any of this stuff and and we're still learning and we kind of learned a lot over the first few years about what what we didn't know. And so that's been uh, very eye-opening and we're, we're just, uh, <laughs> we're trying to do right by the fans by having a fun show. So Nice. Uh, I want to give a quick thank you to everyone that has given any kind of feedback uh, from the, from the nice stuff to the mean stuff. Uh, we are listening and we are working with it. We, after Sidefest, uh, I did not know this happened, but we had a debriefing after Sidefest 2018. We went through and we read each individual survey and each individual response. We are listening, yeah, we and we are we are we are using your feedback. You, and I promise. We, have, we are reading all have, of it. We are using it. Yeah, and we have meetings uh, every few weeks or so. Uh, we'll be going over a lot of the uh, information and suggestions and ideas that people have been submitting to us on our Facebook pages and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's all on our agenda for discussion. So, we do listen. Wonderful. We, listen, we talk about it. We use it. Thank you. Yep. Very cool. I I love that. And we'll uh, so we'll uh, we'll leave it there for now. But but again, uh, uh, Ben and Liz, this is this has been a pleasure. We will we will have to do it again soon. Thank you Next so much, week, Mike. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. You'll we'll be here anytime you want us. Eh? All right. And and with that, I will uh, I will leave you be for now. And we will uh, we will talk again later. Okay. All right. right. See you. Thanks so much, Mike. You're welcome. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.
And that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Next week, it's a jam-packed show. We're unpacking my favorite movie of the year, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, with special guest Andrea. I'll also announce the winner of the Mega Thruster Download Giveaway, and I will have an exciting announcement regarding Cracklefest 9, including the band lineup and more, and more information about who's going to be the host of the event this year. You're not going to believe it. I can hardly believe it myself. Tickets are on sale now. KirbyCrackleMusic.com for more information. And if you'd like this podcast and you'd like to listen to my past episodes, including all of my college radio shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, the Stitcher Radio app, Apple Podcasts, and on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. Tell your friends and help spread the word. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MikeSybertRadio. And write into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. And again, that spelling is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Just the way that it sounds. <laughs> For my guests, Liz and Ben, my name is Mike. This has been Mike Cybert Radio. And until next time, make a choices. <laughs> <laughs>